All right, well, yeah, let's go. Bang, bang, boom. It's the two realest dudes in the room. Young bloods out here, all living on the internet. Yeah. Two bros going out, having one of our chill sessions, off the cuff, raw and real conversation just between two bros. On my left, right, not sure where he is right now, but Black, how you doing, sir? Man, I'm doing pretty good, my man. How about you? How was your week? It was pretty good, you know, not too crazy. You know, IRL stuff, IRL stuff, pretty tame. I will say that. So, been able to catch up on my own personal stuff, you know, on my YouTube end of things. Nice, nice. Actually, been able to like actually write, <laughs> type up stuff. Man, I know the struggle, bro. I know. I understand. <laughs> I, that's like the hardest part for me is the script writing. Mm-hmm. Like, I have the idea, but putting it on paper, mm-hmm. is, that's the hardest part. But once I get over that first hurdle, okay. The editing and the fun stuff and the recording that's that's easy oh yeah <laughs> way way e- like i think um okay so, so there are some videos i've done mm-hmm. where like <laughs> i edited video footage first yes and then did the recording Oh, that's so that's so weird, man. <laughs> you try- it was so weird, and then I was like, you know what? I think we're we're going about this the wrong way. But this is before I even like started yeah. doing scripts. So like, because before I was like, ah oh, man, I'm just gonna go raw and real off the cuff, man. We don't need no freaking script. This ain't a movie, but nah, man. I I, I quickly learned my lesson after I realized it took yeah. me a, a month to come out with something. <laughs> Dude, I could even see that like, that's not the way to do it. Like my very first video, mm-hmm. I even like I noticed like, oh man, the, the, the audio does not sound that well. So I was like, okay, let me redo the intro, try to like match my my speed and pitch exactly. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, I think I think that turned out pretty good. And I, I re-uploaded it. And it's like it's like off by like milliseconds and like everything like the timing's all off. It's oh, like, that's the worst. It's like, you know, it's like I'm like trying to do like some finagling here, so it's like not noticeable. It was like those oh, little wow. mini micro cuts that would only yeah. be can't even like, be seen by the human so eye. Precise. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but you notice it. It's just yeah. gonna mess with you. You know, it's OCD just mm-hmm. dialed to the max right now. <laughs> oh man, oh, but that's you know back in editing youtube struggles right there so yeah <laughs> i wish that we need to like do a, a podcast <laughs> or like that's kind of like one of our discussion topics actually just like we could just like the struggles of, of aspiring youtubers yeah oh and then, oh because we're like all right all right so real talk man real talk we talked about this before <laughs> but i have i haven't said it like to anybody so they'll, they'll hear it now uh-huh have you well, have you told anybody like in your real life and you just kind of not that you're trying to like gash yourself oh, up, right? Mm-hmm. But you're like, yeah, you know, I, I make YouTube videos or whatever. Like you just kind of said it casually. I actually did at my job. Okay. Because um, <clears throat> my boss, he's actually um, he's actually like pretty genuine. At least he comes off as pretty genuine as right, far as right. like trying to get no, trying to get to know, you know, his coworkers and stuff and like his employees. Mm hmm. And when I was asking for my day off, it's like, yeah, can I do like Wednesdays, you know, have pretty consistent, you know, days off and stuff. 
and he's like, yeah, cool. You know, that's fine. You know, anything special that you do? It's like, oh, wow. that's how they set you up. That's how they get you. Oh, what you got going on, man? What you doing? <laughs> I'm like, it is. yeah, well, I was like, I, I edit videos. And it's like, oh, really? Like on YouTube? It's like, there it yeah. is. <laughs> it's like, did I, but I didn't come out and like say like what I did. Like, right, right. not for me personally. It's like, yeah, it's freelance <laughs> you know making some <laughs> so like i'm like i'm like doing other people's videos but not necessarily for me you know yet so it's like he has a, some sort of insight of what i'm doing but it's right. like yeah not the full thing it's like he doesn't know it's like all persona and like rpgs and like gaming and stuff but right. you know he yeah he knows i does that and like he was like a photographer so like he understood some of the stuff that i was like doing and all that okay. stuff so there was like, like a genuine connection there and like he he was he's done editing on his own stuff and so like he shared some stuff with me so like actually that's pretty good it's like yeah oh, dude what the heck yo all right hold up uh-huh man you got that that good clean like smooth everybody's okay with it kind of thing okay <laughs> so at my job everybody's like Oh man! So they'll ask me, you know, what, what you got going on, blah blah blah, mm-hmm. and or they'll see me like kind of jotting down ideas or like writing stuff. Yeah. And they always ask me, what am I doing? And I'm like, yeah, I make videos and this and that. They're like, oh, you trying to be one of them YouTubers? Oh. <laughs> and I'm like, I knew exactly what you were doing. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. And they're like, oh. And they kind of look immediately. I get the SoundCloud rapper treatment. Oh no! Don't quit your day job. Like somebody actually, actually, yeah. the person who said that to me um, was the freaking guy from the Final Fantasy Dragoon that did the Tank oh. Dragoon. Yeah, he's the one who told me that. Man, don't quit your day job, man. YouTube is a consistent blah blah blah. It's like, bro, get off me. I'm trying to make videos. Dog. Yeah. Go back in the kitchen. Go back to cooking. Ride me. Ride me. <laughs> like oh, oh okay so, like how old is this person is this person like our age yeah or is it that's 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 probably the problem you know that's they're, crazy to me because the older people they're like they're with it they're like oh man that's dope exactly. you're doing it now people yeah. our age are like ah what are you doing man you're wasting your time go you should just 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 go, go, go back in the office and sign paperwork it's all you need to do and i'm like oh. relatable you know yeah that, that's what it is is that we see we see reflections of ourselves and like in these youtubers like man why can't i be doing that yeah or you know why can't it's like man i mean i can be doing that too it's like well why aren't you like, right. well i got other stuff doing on the, you know, the older crowd and like and i even see this with my parents as well mm-hmm. they're like even though they don't understand it or they see something as a new medium and that there's potential in it right you know it's like all right this is just your generation's medium now you run with it and show what the potential is in it and right. they will support you to do that too mm-hmm. you know it's like bringing up you know basically the generation under you to prepare them to take over and stuff like that you right. know preparing the generation for the future and stuff like that mm-hmm. so yeah it's it's different when it's like you know people you know your peers trying to you know see you trying to do it too is like well, what makes you so special it's it's kind of out of yeah. jealousy and not everyone's like that not everybody yeah yeah but yeah, that's, that's really interesting. <laughs> and then, I mean, they act like I'm like, 
making thousands of dollars being a YouTuber. Yeah. That's like, bro, I haven't seen a penny. If anything, I've lost money doing this. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> we about to we about to go in that college debt trying to make YouTube videos. Starving artists at the realest. Starving artists. <laughs> oh man. Well, sir, which uh, which topic you want to jump in on, my dude? Well, let's just do the one that's like fresh on our minds right now. You know? Oh, is like, it the, the 14 one? Yeah, let's just... When do you get to get the heavy out the way? <laughs> oh, okay, we're, okay, we're going to start with the heavy hitters and then we're going to... Okay, okay. Yeah, 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 all right. I'll read it out for you that way. We get, <laughs> we get like an official like little title or whatever for it. Let me see. Uh, where is this? You know what? No, no, next time we need to have these like typed up. Yeah, we're getting there though. We're working on it, man. We're working. everything. Like, right. <laughs> so here we're we go. Effort. The Final Fantasy fourteen changes. Now, do you want to? What do you think? Should we go class by class with this, or just kind of do like in just well, DPS tanks, healers, like broad? Um, just do a broad kind of deal. And we can like dive into each one. So like. We all know Shadowbringers is right around the corner. Right, I mean, right. it's crazy because E3 is right around the corner as well. Next this weekend, yeah, going down, and we all know that they're going to be there's going to be another live letter with um, Shadowbringer updates and changes. What they're going to be doing, like this, everything's going to be done, you know, on the table. And then at the end of the month, it's going to be early access, like the twenty eighth, mm-hmm. I think. Yep. So. Um, yeah, these new changes as far as how jobs are going to interact with each other now, the whole dichotomy and ecosystem, everything, it's all up for grabs now. You know, everything you knew back, you know, even a patch ago, it's not going to mean anything. So, <laughs> I, it really is not. Oh, man, yeah. That rotation that you were trying so hard to learn, rip, throw that in the trash, man. Unless you're a black mage. If you're a black mage, yeah, you, you might... That rotation might, it's gonna change a little tiny bit, but it's still gonna be pretty solid. Yoshi P can left that alone. <laughs> well, that's his poster child, Black Mage. That's what he plays. Well, <laughs> you can't change it. <laughs> it's weird because, like, that's the thing I, quite, I kind of don't understand. It's like, Black Mage, <clears throat> it didn't get touched, but I feel mm. like it didn't. Black Mage has never really gotten, like, that much love. No. It's not hate, but not, like, love. Well, you say it's no love or just that hey if it ain't broke don't fix it um i don't know i think it's like okay here's the examples i think of right i think of like when heaven's ward started it was a great time to be a dragoon player because <laughs> dragoons got like mad that was love the- heaven's ward yeah oh yeah and then um, I think that was the, also the expansion where what other class got a lot of love that expansion? I think it was um, Warrior. Warrior, yeah, that came out of nowhere. Nobody saw that coming. <laughs> Warrior got some disgusting love. It and, was making up for lost time from ARR. Yeah. And then Black Mage, even though it's the poster child, I. I mean, it's just, it's been consistently just always good, like kind of top tier DPS. Um, good. The flow's always been the same. Yeah, just about roughly. Um, but yeah, hasn't been touched really. So maybe Shadowbringers is the one where like it gets a lot of like super secret love, and we all find out like 
Oh, later? Maybe. Yeah, probably in the beginning of the patch when people kind of figure out the meta, they're like, yo, Black Mage is actually busted again. <laughs> it's more busted than busted. Like, it hasn't had that level yeah. of... Uh, okay, level, yeah, yeah, that level of attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it, it would be wrong to say it's been coasting. It's just been, it's just been content. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, who knows? Maybe someone can bust it right open. Maybe. Um, so, yeah, healers... Okay. Um, I feel like start off with them. Okay. Okay. Because um, we may, we you probably would speak more about like rotations and stuff and like mm-hmm. all the crazy stuff as far as maybe how stuff goes in raids and stuff. Right. But me not really being a healer player, but like outside looking in, seeing the relationship as far as like how alright what are people doing with their time mm-hmm. is probably the biggest thing right? you know are they spending most of their time healing people or are they spending most of their time DPSing or is it a bounce of the two and unfortunately Squares feels like look top priority for a healer is just to heal that's that's your, your role that's mm-hmm. what you should be doing and with these changes, they're really pushing that, you know, to its fullest to really, you know, nail that, you know, nail that down, cement that mentality. Right. And I mean, <clears throat> I still can't get over like the removal protect. I mean, I know it's kind of like just there at this point, you know, something you just, you know, you put up because you put it up. But I, I don't know. It, it just feels off. Mm-hmm. You know, this big Final Fantasy, uh, you know, spell is just like, yeah, it's insignificant now. Right. But <clears throat> the number size of things, you even say that it wasn't even that big of a deal. I mean, from your perspective. Yeah. Um, so, like, I'm, I'm by no means like a, a healer main, um, but I've played with some of the best that heal, you know, I've seen them heal all types of dummies and all types of great players. And still pump out, you know, lots of heals. Everybody stays alive. Everybody stays comfortable. And they still do lots of damage. And as far as, like, protect goes, if I remember correctly, I think, technically speaking, you didn't really need protect since, like, Heaven's Ward. Mm -hmm. But no, it, it wasn't really like a... It wasn't a well-known thing. People just kind of just auto-did it, you know what I mean? Like, people just, just kind of just cash protect, but don't really, like, calculate. I think there was something I was looking at back then that was saying, like, yeah, protect is not even really needed. And then in Stormblood, you know, protect, it's even more so now. And then now they're just kind of like, uh, eh, just take it out of the game. Granted, it's a Final Fantasy staple spell, um, but I guess they just... I feel like they're trying to take the number of moves off of people's hot bars, yeah, to kind of like kind of clean 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 things up for players that are especially newer players that are like not as experienced. I guess I feel like that's what they're doing. But yeah, so I guess why not pose the question of like, or the why not make? I think I think this all comes from is that they automatically calculate uh, protect always being up. So they adjust the fights and the damage to accommodate that or, you know, 
to okay well if protects always going to be up we got to make sure that they're actually damage is going out and actually making it difficult so it almost cancels each other out it's like you have protect because you want the damage to be mitigated but they're like okay we already know that they're going to have it up anyway so we got to make sure that it's over mitigated i guess so like now it's, i don't know it's like they're doing double the work to where it's like okay yeah what's the point just remove it you know right just delete it but then why not just rework protect then like maybe make it a shorter a shorter time span <laughs> like what if protect was a longer shield so what if it like lasts like maybe 10 minutes instead of like 30 and then it had a slightly stronger um a defensive mitigation for people what? i think that mm -hmm. a bit more um interesting since it's not going to be up as long but you would be more aware when it did go away because you would actually feel the damage you know hitting you it's like oh that that person died because they didn't have protect on well like, i think it's like the fact that like um they so, so there's a couple problems especially when it comes to the raids the raids especially everything else is kind of like it you don't lose by very 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 small thresholds like you can in raids if that makes sense mm -hmm. so the, the the margin for error is a lot smaller in raids than it is for like ex prime i mean when i say raids i mean like savage raids versus like ex primals and stuff like that so in a savage the problem is that when this when it comes to the savage raids they don't play them mm -hmm. they oh, don't they yeah. square does not play their game they don't mm -hmm. And because if they did, then all these little things are taking away that they would call exploits would have been gone years ago. But so, for example, like the whole limit break bar thing that they're changing, we've mm -hmm. known for years that certain comps boost the limit break faster than others. Yeah, we've known that for years, but they change it now and they're calling it, oh yeah, we've noticed an exploit where people are getting limit breaks faster because of certain compositions. And it's like, well, how did you not know that for all this time cool. when their game has been out for almost, yes, yeah, so it's, it's been forever now. So with the whole protect thing, I think they're taking the lazy approach and they're saying, you know what? we could rework it and could change it but that would mean that we would have to actually play the game that we made <laughs> to see how it works so they're saying mm -hmm. well let's just remove it because players don't actually even need it anyways i think the only that like legitimately the only time i could see protect being useful today is if somebody dies and they have weakness yes yeah. that's the only time i could see protect being useful other than that <laughs> If you if you if you've been alive the whole fight, you're fine. You really you really don't like need protect. So, and even um, weakness is not as um, not as detrimental as it once was. Yeah, definitely. Like before, you lost not only ten percent on your on your skills and damage and your defense, but you also got ten percent down on your health. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. So <laughs> you might get raised up and go full HP and then get smacked back down again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't you don't have that anymore now you get your maximum health again oh yeah and all this stuff, but so, man, you, 
people are lucky now. They don't even have to. <laughs> they don't even know, bro. No, <laughs> like, if you died back in the day, man, it's just like, well, time to wipe. Not... Fight's over. Re- go ahead and reset and wrap it up, boys. I <laughs> get. If you if you got double weakness, oh, oh no, you were you were useless. You might as well just stay on the floor. Yeah, you just stay on the floor. Oh, hey guys, sorry I lagged out. I... <laughs> but it's just, I guess, the whole concept of just pure healer mm-hmm. is another big thing. I know that you're not a fan of. Ooh, no, no, no. Per se. Mm-hmm. Uh, my thing is is that I don't care what the heels are doing as long as they're they they have something to do mm-hmm. and I, as long as they're not being hypocritical about it right so my big thing is that people that are healers they want to heal like, okay fine heal but then those same people get mad when you take damage for stuff yeah so then it's like okay well you it's a situation where you can be doing your job to heal me so i don't see the problem it's like do you okay if you don't want to heal me do you want to dps instead it's like well no it's not my job to dps that's a dps's job so it's like so it's like a catch-22 so 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 what do you want you just want to twiddle your thumbs that's something i don't understand when people like that that's the thing that I'm, i'm trying to like still understand the mind of of a healer is like so what do they actually want to do with their time well and if they mm-hmm. oh, go ahead. oh um i guess i have an example for what i thought of so it's like okay so the problem is it's not the fact of the way healers work now so actually no i'll, I'll just give the, the example so let's say you want to be a police officer right you want to carry a gun and have the badge and have the authority, but you don't want to actually go out and fight crime, basically. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, well, I want the respect and the authority but and the free donuts, but I don't want to have to actually go arrest somebody. That's too much work, right? <laughs> so the healers, a lot of the healers, not, not a lot of the healer community, because it seems actually pretty divided on this, which I'm actually yeah. happy about. Mm-hmm. Um, there are healer, people that play healer that are like, well... I just want to heal and I want this title of having everybody's lives in my hands, but I don't want to have to do anything with the boss, even though we're all fighting the boss together. Mm-hmm. They just don't want to interact with the boss and because because what it does is that I think people are playing this role and they're not willing to take on the full responsibility, okay. which is you need to heal everybody not necessarily keep them all at 100% all the time because that's one mistake people make a lot mm-hmm. but also if you're fighting the boss and you're going to do the fight with people you have to fight the boss yeah. <laughs> so at least you know because back in the day like during ARR it was like okay um, if you do stone over and over and over it's going to kind of blow through your mana if you use holy over and over it's going to blow through your mana at least throw up some dots you know oh yeah throw arrow. some dots every you know throw up an arrow arrow two whatever whatever whenever you got some downtime then go back to healing but people aren't even willing to do that they're going like full lazy mode i just want to hit one button the whole fight cure two cure two cure two cure two medica two and then just stand there <laughs> well, it also comes down i feel like square enix is like a little bit doing a little bit of a babysitter 
um thing and say oh, like absolutely. well people don't want to get pressured into having to do damage yeah you know so it's like okay so we got a tool of fights to where it's not asked of the healer to do damage but that's something that's not communicated with the player base so these fights are coming out and you may not hit a certain phase mm-hmm. people are still fed. expect the healer to do it and that's i think what i think that's what square is trying to remove yeah that interaction to where it's like okay we don't want anyone to have to worry about the healer not dpsing is why we didn't clear a fight mm-hmm. you know and i don't know i feel like that should come down to like just the whole relationship of the group itself right 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 you know like they it, it could be up to them how they want to handle a certain fight you know mm-hmm. whether someone wants to dps or not right i mean because as we all know i mean every fight is clearable with any job really mm-hmm. you know it all comes down to if you want to do that speed kill well then yeah you're gonna to have to use special comms if you want to get that but if yeah if the healer didn't want to want to heal i mean you'll still clear it but i mean i guess that's on them oh well it's kind of like it's it's the whole thing of um you have all these buttons right and how you know you're playing the game right in your role correctly is if you are maximizing the usage of all of your resources. So if you have buttons that do damage and you're a healer and you don't really have like a necessary like DPS rotation, you know what I'm saying? Then in your downtime, it would just be a no-brainer. Like if you're trying to play to your best, the best of your ability and put up your best efforts, then you're going to hit those buttons that do damage along with your healing buttons it's, it's just kind of like why not because your dps are expected to do that and so are your tanks so then they'll throw that argument is like well you're a dps of course you're supposed to do dps that's your job well and then what i would say with that is that well a lot of dps are expected to have support abilities and they're not i mean you have your dragoon. So imagine if the dragoon like didn't even use that little crit buff they had. They're like, ah, nah, I'm not gonna pop it. It'd be like, well, crap, man, you're screwing everybody in the raid. But then I guess you could argue it's like, well, that's supporting a DPS. So it's it's supporting the act of doing DPS, you know. And so they say that's still part of your job to be popping that skill. That's just being okay. You're not being efficient at your job, I guess. Well, then there's things with. So I guess if in the regard. In the regards to them saying it's a DPS centered move, there are abilities like um, casters have apocastasis. Apocastasis, oh, okay. whenever you throw it on somebody, it redu- it mitigates the magic the magic damage they're taking. So you throw that on healers, oh, you throw okay. that on tanks. That's actually yeah. like supportive. So mantra, la- mantra, yeah, healing people, yeah. stuff like that. So it's just like. All your DPS and all your tanks are using these abilities, so it's just heck. You got tank paladins have cover; they don't actually need to use cover. You know what I mean? They they're just like, oh, I'm just gonna focus on tanking. I'm never gonna use cover. It's like, bro, well, if you use cover, you actually could have saved me from dying. So it's just like everybody else is leaving it on the floor, but apparently these healers just don't want to. They're like, oh no, I just want to press half my buttons and then just sit and just watch a movie on my screen (laughs) (laughs) which it also makes me find it pretty interesting that so white mazes changes Mm -hmm. 
They actually got some more DPS skills to their toolkit. Really? Yeah. So they reworked the whole Lily system. Okay. To where basically they I think they used to be red lilies. Well now they're black lilies. Oh. And black impact, black lilies, I'm with it. <laughs> <laughs> and so like you're going through your now don't hate me because I don't know how you earn the lilies to the T. But as you go through your healing, you're doing your white mage stuff, mm-hmm. you know, to earn the lilies, it produces a blood lily. And this is a fourth lily, which we got the red lily back again, which lets you expend your, I guess, a finisher foul-like move. Okay. Um, you know, a big giant AoE skill that does a ton of damage, you know, for a healer, you know, on, on, on to, you know onto mobs and stuff so it's like okay so it's incentivizing you to heal to produce these lilies to eventually get the payoff of doing big damage which i feel like is actually kind of interesting well so okay okay i do like the way that's implemented but my only gripe with it is that like they are kind of making it into a they're giving them a way out mm-hmm. like an excuse to say oh well my damage move only happens when i heal so i need to only heal and then i'll do damage later but i think the efficiency in that is kind of lost if they would just like let me see so they still have stone they still have arrow um yeah they still have all these all these abilities that do damage and so people will probably do in those actually well not everybody i think i think the good players are still going to do damage and i think the people that just want to be trash are just probably just going to stay trash and they're only going to use their move whenever they heal enough but the good players will probably do they'll still do their stones they'll still do their arrows and they'll do the big move and then they'll just tear it up on ff logs and be like oh we actually beat the fight because we had to deal with less mechanics instead of the other group where the healer's like oh well I did my big move and healed you guys why are you guys all dead you know what I'm saying <laughs> uh, I feel like it's a, a better I guess way to it feels like it's more natural yeah. I guess and now we're still gonna always have players that just are gonna naturally just take the initiative yeah. to just you know route some some, some you know some damage out here and there mm-hmm. um and i guess that's just let people do them i guess at the end of the day but feeling the need to just i guess babysit yeah I'm, i don't like that at all on about everything mm-hmm. i mean just if they if they don't want a dps fine they, they, then you know they'll play with players that are like-minded but with them i guess yeah but don't punish people who actually do want to right you know you know to go at their full potential mm-hmm. and then you know let them you know bring everything they can and put it leave everything on the table for their team their static whatever right you know because there are people who who do want to play and play at their best mm-hmm. and they can't be forgotten so like I don't know. It's just it's so weird. But like White Mage got all this love, but then 
The other two is kind of a bit a different story. Scholar and Astro. Yeah, um, I'm. I am not feeling these. I mean, the the Astro thing. I, I'm I'm conflicted. Because uh, like I understand that they they're like okay you know everybody wants balance which which they do and but they've basically just turned all the cards into balance basically but just a kind of a a weaker version of it if i'm not mistaken something like that yeah and um but i feel like they are they're taking out the funnest part of astro which is that it's just that rng kind of just thinking on the fly like it's not pivotal for you to survive but it's that fun aspect of man which card am i gonna get and how can i be creative and use this in this moment but now everything's just balanced so it's like oh just throw it up we we just gotta throw up cards as you get if it doesn't even really matter i guess well like the the decision to remove or not re- to remove all the other skills and just make everything balanced mm-hmm. it comes from like i feel like you only reach that decision if you're detached or not fully aware of the whole you know meta mm-hmm. of how, not even so much meta but just how people play right the, not being truly engaged with the community because i think if you were because it's it's very surface level oh everyone likes balance so let's give them all balance now to play with it's the yeah balance is good but astros also had a little game that they played when they used their cards like oh i got the spire yeah i i know who i can give that to mm-hmm. you know or arrow oh let me drop that on the on the monk or the, the, the bar you know boost up their skill speed real quick you right. know you know stuff like that you know so like not every card was useless they were just a little bit more i guess tailored to more different jobs different characteristics and actually it's pretty engaging for the astro to be to be knowledgeable about that type of stuff like oh okay i know how these classes work i know who can benefit from this the most Mm -hmm. so it's it's removing that you know that dynamic thinking and processing of like how how to allocate and how to distribute different cards and stuff when you don't have balance because like yeah we all know everyone can use it but that makes it all that that makes the whole situation all that much more special you know yeah. even a half type of interaction and do you have the, the skills up because right now they have it to where instead of you fishing for balance anymore because everything's balanced basically you're you're getting these skills to get seals if i remember correctly mm-hmm. um and then i think so let me here let me look it up real quick astro tooltips i wonder if they got astro rojan here we go okay hands on with astro good old gamerscape man got them good good clean hard facts so yeah they're not too bad Mm. okay well as far as all all i can see is just kind of the tool tips and how they've changed and everything like that 
they don't really go into a lot of detail about like um how the whole minigame with the cards works i guess if that makes sense oh wait a minute let's see okay so balance so balance is three percent for everybody three percent for no six percent for self my party of target members immediately gave us three percent for them arrow spear wait i thought they were getting rid of these what was that the other cards party member self by six percent oh no 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 okay i see now i see okay now i understand so it, it's weird like all the cards are still there no, yeah, they just have different effects now. They, yeah, they change the effect. but they're all related to just just DPS and that's it. Yeah, because so it, it so kind of doesn't the, even matter. Half the cards are like 6% damage up to physical DPS mm -hmm. and then a secondary effect of 3% to ranged. Right. And then the other set is the opposite. 6% up to, to the ranged DPS and then 3% up to the to the melee mm -hmm. so it's like okay basically you're just choosing okay do i give this card to a ranger or do i just give this card to a melee that's um but everyone still gets some benefit to it as well anyway yeah Even if you won't you know this is so ever, boring like it, it's just like it doesn't take any thought it, it like even if you throw up the wrong thing on somebody or whatever it, it's it still doesn't matter yeah so they're still gonna get something yeah from it I don't know, man. I wish they would have left Astro alone because Astro is. It, it's arguably. Personally, I felt like Astro was like the best healer in the game ever since it came out. It's always been the best healer in the game in my mind. Mm -hmm. I can't think. I can't think of a time where like, oh poor Scholar, man. Scholar. <laughs> Scholar got. Man, Scholar just gets screwed every single expansion, every patch. It's just like, man, Scholar just gets. Just doo-dooed on all the time. <laughs> and that, we all know that, like, Scholar, the big thing with Scholar is that it, it did damage, too, yeah. along with healing. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And it got, they got rid of a lot of their their damage skills. Um, a lot of their dots are gone. Mm -hmm. um, let's see, Scholar. And now... It doesn't really matter which pet you have out anymore. Yeah. Cause and oh yeah, pet, pets don't get damaged anymore either. Yeah, I um, I thought my opinion on that was a little different. I actually wasn't against that. That sound. I think like that is an okay change because I mean like, if you have to keep your pet alive and also keep other people alive i felt like that was a bit much because your pets the pet ai is like really really dumb like garuda dies all actually i don't know why but garuda just has like the highest chance of just dying all the time and and then i think out of the scholar side i think it was eos that's the dumbest <laughs> It's like it's like Garuda and Eos just love dying. Celine and Titan and Ifrit are just they just live for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why. Maybe everybody's experience is different, but man, 
whenever I play Summoner and I dabble in Scholar, man, it's just like just those two. They just they just love hitting the floor. Maybe they just like getting rezzed or just resummoned. <laughs> so our boy Dante, okay, summer uh, summon be a summoner back in Heaven's Ward, mm -hmm. and his relationship with his with his Garuda, I feel like it was like that daughter that had like those daddy issues <laughs> that didn't want to listen to nobody yeah man it was just, we were running um we were running crystal tower and it was this it was the one boss where um you have to sit on the pads because he, he's gonna dish out an aoe okay and, um the pads kept you kept you protected mm -hmm. well we were running back to run through the pads and we're all stacked up on it Garuda is slowly trailing behind Dante, mm -hmm. and I shit you not, she stops right in front of us. The cast bar is almost filled up before they, the move to get out. Mm -hmm. Runs back towards the boss. We're like, what's going on? It, literally, it looked like she stared us right in the eyes. Like, <laughs> no, I'm gonna die right now. <laughs> and, <laughs> and just eats the <laughs> He eats the, the move. <laughs> of course, she died instantly. But it like, we've always heard stories. But like, yeah, Gruda can't be that bad. I mean, come on, man. No, man, like she's I, bad, I, man. Eyewitness accounts, like, yo, no, Gruda has a mind of her own. I think even Dodgers is like a whole special case. There were some like relationship issues there, man. <laughs> man, I think I'm pretty sure I've had times where like I've had Garuda on obey. Yeah. And this is back when I was raiding as a summoner. And I had her on obey. And you know how, like, as a DPS, you want to target the boss before you, you know, you start your rotation or whatever. So everybody's like, okay, let's get ready to go. I target the boss. All good. The timer goes off. No, actually, the timer didn't even start. Garuda auto attacks the boss. And I'm just <laughs> like, what? 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 Why? <laughs> Stop. And she's just attacking, attacking. She gets bopped. We all get bopped. And it's just like, it's so stupid, man. Like, I don't know. Now, now Titan, Titan will, Titan will just chill. He just tanks. He's just a rock bro. Ifrit, you know, he's just doing fire stuff, being a a, a ghost Charizard, man. He's chilling. <laughs> and then Eos, Eos has that, that Garuda syndrome. But Eos is like dumb when it comes to positioning. And um, ooh, and if you like, if you control her pet actions or whatever, no matter how many times you press it, sometimes she just won't do them. Like she <laughs> she won't be doing anything. I like she'll just be sitting there. And it's like, yo, come on, use this move. I I need this. I need. It. Won't use it at all. Celine, she's amazing. Celine's smart. I don't know how, but Celine's a genius. Eos is just dumb. <laughs> I mean, I have to give us. I'm not sure if this is on purpose or not, mm -hmm. but. Just knowing that they have some own personalities to themselves is kind of funny. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's kind of interesting. Just, just, just for fun. Even it's just a meme on it. It's like, wow. Okay, these AIs actually have some personality to them. They do, man. Like, it, it, it builds up for interesting stories. So it's like, it, it's not all bad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, who knows? They could be fixing all that because they're getting rid of the pet hot bar now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're all they're migrating every just you know the main player hop bar so who knows in their spaghetti code and how things work and interact with each other maybe the pet hop bar just was just cumbersome mm -hmm. and it just wasn't 
translating everything like they should be so who knows maybe we'll see some better ai improvements with this change and everything will be way more um tactile and more you know um responsive yeah now with with them coming down on like pet actions and and scholar and and summoner abilities i'm actually okay with it on those classes just because like those classes just since they're since they're like start have just been loaded like super 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 hardcore loaded with abilities that if people haven't like if if you've never played scholar or summoner or even touched them and then you go and try to play one at max level man i think those classes may easily have double or maybe maybe not triple maybe double the moves that a lot of other classes do if you include Which, like pet actions or so, it gets actually really crazy. <laughs> I mean, they have a lot of stuff, and you also have to remember like, you get it. You instantly get a free healer or a free DPS depending on which one you decide to level up. Yeah. You know, so like, if you're like, all right, I'm gonna play this class just for the the, the DPS aspect of it, you can go a whole seven levels of never touching the healer side of things and just decide, eh, let me see what it's all about. Yep. And just be overwhelmed. Yeah, you'll have yeah. no idea. I mean, you'll know how to do damage, but as far as everything else, you'll be like, what the heck? What does this even do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, all right, man. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna have a sit on healer stuff for too long and all this other stuff. I know which one you want to talk about, my man. Oh, I might. Yeah, I, I know you want to go off on that monk thing. Here, I'll, I'll get up from my chair. You just let me know when you're done. Nah, I'm, I'm just joking. <laughs> Yeah, man. Let, let them hear it, man. Let them hear all the monk changes, because I'm not super familiar with all of them. I just kind of heard a little bit, so take it well, away, my dude. sucks, because, like, monk seems to be one of those classes that it it goes under the radar, mm-hmm. it seems like. Um, and not a lot of people seem to be... It's not a lot of, I guess, vocal people are, are in tune with, with monk. And it's like, ah. Oh, those moves seem cool you know it seems like whatever no big deal and move on you know it's i, I never really thought about it but mm-hmm. it seems like it's like one of those it doesn't it seems like it's one of those like third tier popularity jobs like that's, it's that's like fair. oh it was, I forget <clears throat> that, like, you exist mm-hmm. you know it's, it's like a kid in the back of the classroom that you like you know is there but you don't pay no mind to <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, you got dragoon you know you got white mage always getting talked about you know love or hate it within it's you know how it's been used you can you know, weave out on ninja <laughs> ninja no you got, you got machinist as 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 horrible machinist maybe oh people god are hold on hold on machine i don't know about machinist bro that's the thing even though it's not good, we know machine is not good. It needs the changes that are coming to it. Yeah. But talk about it, and people know about it. Yeah, that's it's true. Discussion. That's the thing. Monk is never really in discussion. I never really thought about it, but not many people really talk about it. So like, it makes me fearful of us not getting changes. Mm. And who knows? Maybe maybe that's the whole reason why we also didn't really get an expansion to us. I mean, we totally got scapegoated, and Samurai basically had an expansion on themselves, and not us. <laughs> yeah, that was okay. That, that's 
That's really interesting that you say that because when Stormblood first came out, I was like, oh, okay, this is going to be the monk expansion. Cool. And it was like, psych, it's a monk with a sword. Boy, you thought she was monk and you really a samurai. <laughs> they took our identity and they took our expansion. Yeah, man. Heaven's Ward, what was no monk known for? It um, I think I think Heaven's Ward is the expansion where Monk got snuffed out. Like everybody was like, "Don't play it, don't play it." But not because it was bad, right? Not because it was it, bad. Yeah, it didn't have utility. It was Monk's meme for that expansion was just Monk no no utility. It's not useful in meta. You know, blah 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 blah. Yeah, it's very selfish. And so Square saw that. Okay, the selfish. DPS doesn't work out, so we're just gonna take that and then he make it samurai, and apparently <laughs> I guess it worked out. <laughs> so people lame, love it. <laughs> but all right, um, yeah, monk. Uh, I, I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm not gonna, um, I'm not sure if it's gonna be my main next expansion for right, Shadowbringers. Right. I'll, I'll say that right now, mm -hmm. and. It's not glaring as far as like what the issues are with it or what someone may have issues with it, at least me personally. It's all under the hood. And the reason is, is that they removed a lot. They removed some skills that didn't really need to be removed. Mm -hmm. um, it's without having direct contact with it. Looking at it on the surface, you, just, you see Eternal Release is gone. Yeah. Hopper Fist um, is gone. And then still, still Peak. Two of them were off global cooldown skills for just raw flat damage. Mm -hmm. Weaving into rotation. <clears throat> and then Eternal Release being intrinsical to Monk's toolkit as far as always having some form of crit mini, um, of, a, of a crit buff being able to utilize on yourself mm -hmm. so you can have opportunities to build up forbidden chakra on your own and when you think about like okay we're, well they're removing skills to get rid of bloat right you know and to make it a little bit more you know easier to play so when we get the new skills you're not overwhelmed well bunk didn't have a ton of skills to begin with to use and so when you start removing skills it's like Oh, okay, well, you got to make sure you replace it with something else. And you're removing skills that are not like, it's just not like one elm punch that like was never used to begin with. Right. That was only used in PvP back in 2.0 and 3.0. Mm -hmm. And that was reworked when they changed, you know, all of PvP and everything. Went to their, you know, reworked the whole PvP skills and everything. So one elm punch, of course, no one used it. Use the skill, remove it. All right, that makes sense. But removing skills that you actually actively have it tied to your main rotation, that's a bit skeptic. That doesn't make any sense. And all right, so, okay, you're removing these skills. So what are you going to replace it with? Uh, we're going to give you an AOE combo. Yeah. Uh, um, okay. An AOE combo that you're only going to be using in, I guess, dungeons. So now Armor the Destroyer, you can actually use Armor the Destroyer now because they buffed it. They, it went from like, 80 to like 110 now so it's like that's not okay. bad actually not bad it's actually a useful aoe skill mm -hmm. um, 
before you would just spam it yeah. but now you actually use it in a rotation because the next skill that they gave um the link because you could you could go armor the destroyer into twin snakes or true strike but they added a new skill <clears throat> um that basically where is it Do they just have like a new skills added? Trades? Oh, I don't need trades. Yeah, I have. I honestly oh. have no idea because I didn't really even look at Monk. I just kind of just just kind of been keeping my ears open. So I'm gonna use this on this one, bro. <laughs> so yeah, you're gonna go Armor Destroyer. Okay. To four point star, uh, a four point fury. That's the new AOE skill they added mm. to fill out the rotation. And this attack delivers 120 damage potency to all nearby enemies. And then it also extends your Twin Snakes buff. So Twin Snakes buffs oh, your damage good, by actually. 10 So it's basically um, Armor Piercer mm -hmm. from Ninja. So Armor Piercing, if I, I could be messing up the name, but basically the skill extends your Hutan while you have Hutan up. You know, it gives you an extra 30 seconds on, on your Hutan buff. Mm -hmm. That's basically what this skill is. Four, four point of fury basically extended extends your ten percent twin snakes buff while you're doing an AOE um, rotation. So I was like, okay, I don't have to weave in twin snakes to keep my buff up. I can just use the rotation and we'll keep on replenishing it for me. Then that leads into rock breaker, which monks had for you know since its inception, clonal AOE on the ads. Mm -hmm. So, yes, AoE rotation. Armor Destroyer, four point of fury to Rock Breaker. Okay, one new skill. But one new skill that is tied to something really specific in an AoE rotation that you're only going to use in mobs. You're not going to use that on a boss. Right. You know? Not a main rotation. Then you have the next new skill would be um, Enlightenment. And that's basically, basically, it's a replacement to um, Howling Fist. Mm -hmm. Howling Fist was your line AOE that you weaved in off global cooldown line AOE. Right, that's where you like. I think you would jump in the air and then like punch your fist down and be like the little flames would kind of go up a little bit. Yeah. So with this, you're, you're basically it's your Hadoken mm -hmm. and like throw it out line AOE. You know, do tons of damage to you know the enemies. Mm -hmm only thing with it is that it's tied to your chakra gauge you know so it's basically a, a chakra expender after you get five chakra stacks mm -hmm. you know to expend <clears throat> it instead of using um um what's it called forbidden chakra mm -hmm. you know forbidden chakra was single target for whenever you got your chakra stacks well now you have a aoe one that's that you, but you can't use it whenever you want. You have to use it only when you get the stacks. Right. So it's not a direct, you know, it's not the equivalent exchange. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I, if I remember correctly, Howling Fist was on a. I think it was like thirty or forty-five seconds. Yeah, it was. It wasn't that long, long to use it. Um. So like. Uh, well, so with these changes. Mm -hmm. Um. <clears throat> well, I haven't even gotten to the big one yet. Okay. Uh, here, I did the big one then. Drop it on me, man. 
sides. So six sided star. Okay. That's probably the biggest one. It's a combo finisher that you will always well, that's how you're gonna that's how you would use it. So it's a four hundred potency move. Mm-hmm. potency that extends your maximum duration of grease lightning. And so, but on top of that, it also increases your your global cooldown. Mm-hmm. It basically doubles it. It like increases it to like five seconds or four seconds like that. Mm. So, the idea here is is that they want you during this time to go to Fist of Wind. With the changes of Fist of Wind, you will get an extra stack of Grease Lightning. And with Gre- what Grease Lightning does, it buffs your overall stats, it buffs your all- overall skill speed. So right. it'd be the s- equivalent of being in the Fist of Fire stance with getting a 40% buff to your attack, mm-hmm. but also um, getting an increase to your speed. So with four stacks of Fist of Wind, Grease Lightning, and three stacks of Fist of Fire, um, Grease Lightning, they are the same damage output, but Fist of Wind has a better speed um, global cooldown, global cooldown uptime. So it just it's advantageous to stay in Fist of Wind, mm. you know. <clears throat> so it's like, all right, they may be the same strength, but I'm going to be getting moves out more often and keeping that speed of identity of a monk of being quick more often as well. So I was like, yeah, let's just be in Fist of Wind. So just a quick rundown of what it seems like, what they want you to do. They want you to go through your normal rotation, go through, um, go go do um, Boot Shine into Twin Snakes, get your damage buff, go into Snap Punch. Then go into Dragon Kick, put up your the new buff, um, Leaden Fist, which increases the potency of Boot Shine, of your next Boot Shine. Um, then go into True Strike, then go into Demolish or whatever. But once you upon the, once you reach three stacks, it seems like once you reach three stacks of Grease Lightning, that's when they want you to bust out the new skill, um, six po- six sided star. Right, all the chakra it, stuff. Yeah, it, yeah. In, it increases <clears throat> your your um, extends your Grease Lightning gauge. Go into Fist of Wind. And then you don't take as big of a penalty of a damage pen of, of a speed penalty, you know, um, when you switch over and use that skill. Mm-hmm. So, because if you stayed in Fist of Fire, you'd be way slower than what you would be if you were Fist of Wind. The only problem is, is that it's just a static rotation of just going from point A to point B to point C, rinse and repeat. Mm. Going to fist of fire, then going to fist of, fist of wind, and then it everything starts back over again. Um, what they are trying to do is say that you're going to be using um, forbidden chakra way more often because there is a new trait that increases your chances of gaining a chakra stack on your own by seventy percent. Mm-hmm. Before it was fifty percent, they increased it to seventy. So I was thinking that you're going to be getting so many more chakra stacks now that you don't need those other skills because you just be using forbidden chakra or enlightenment way more often to weave in your normal rotation. 
basically they're leaving it up to RNG. Well, from the way this sounds, um, uh, okay, this is gonna sound really weird. Um, this sounds like a good thing for Monk, honestly. And mm. and, and, and I'll, I'll I'll explain why. <laughs> um, so, well, actually, hang on, maybe not, maybe not a good thing for season players, maybe because it's so different but this the way this rotation sounds it sounds similar to a bard rotation or how a summoner rotation used to be where like your opener is really really long but mm -hmm. when you do it correctly from the way that this sounds this sounds like um monk is probably gonna be stronger than ever like, I, I know that sounds weird, but because usually what I've noticed with DPS classes that have really long openers, you have a super long opener because you're about to drop like a lot of damage, mm -hmm. but they need to break it up to where it doesn't just happen all at once. You know what I mean? Because that, that would just wouldn't make sense. But from the little bit of Monk I've played, um... Cause I've done like some dungeon runs with it and stuff like that. No raids, just kind of done dungeon bosses and kind of simulated how a raid would work in my mind. Um, I think it. Oh gosh, Brian's at the door. <laughs> I think it takes takes away that aspect of like. How do I put it? Um, I think I gotta get back my train of thought. That uh. <laughs> That whole, the whole randomness and trying to figure out where you need to go if your rotation gets jacked up. I think it, I think it takes all that away, and it makes it like takes it away. Yeah, because there was times where I was thinking in my head, I was like, well, if you lose your stacks or whatever, mm -hmm. and then you have to start all the way over from the beginning. They, it looks like they're taking all that away to where you just kind of just do the rotation all the way through to the end. If that makes sense. Well, you're going to still have the same problems as you would before if you lost your placement. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think taking away... Because those are off... The reasons why the off-goal cool, cool, uh, cooldown skills were so important because it gave you stuff to do in between your rotation. Right. And, you weren't just mindlessly pressing buttons, just to be pressing buttons, and it monk a sense of speed while you were doing stuff. Mm -hmm. um, weaving in these skills in between, you know, your uh, your your twin snakes in going into going into snap punch. You know, you weave in a weave in um, eternal release. You know to increase your you know uh critical hit rate and weaving in you know howling fist and all these other skills mm -hmm. um it gave monk a sense of speed that no other class has right and the way the damage on monk is that you don't expend loads of damage is how fast can you dish out the hits mm -hmm. you know how many hits can you land within a certain amount of time to build up that damage that 
heavy hitters like samurai would do over a long extended period of time you know working on a, a fixed window and building up that damage and constantly building it up building up it's very momentum based mm-hmm. and now they're slowing the class down with moves like um six-sided star and then also we have another slowdown move that that we got this last expansion in stormblood um real of Ur- real of fire that slowed you down before as well so like it's all these skills that like okay we were able to justify slowing um slowing down monk during the riddle of fire phase because like okay it gave us extra time to weave in two skills this time you know mm-hmm. into our rotation since our global since our global cooldown was so much longer well what's what are we going to weave into in during this downtime when there's no skills at all to weave in with and i'm sorry but it's not going to be forbidden chakra at least definitely not by itself right you know during solo play monk is gonna you're never gonna see what the true potential monk it will actually be monk is intrinsically dependent on others they took a selfish job and made it codependent on everyone else around them mm-hmm. basically saying well you were selfish before now you have to be completely dependent on others around you and you will never be able to unlock everything monk can do unless you're in a dungeon or in a raid you'll you'll definitely see the full potential of what monk can do in a raid and that's how it is right now too right just because it's so heavily based off of rng and you you need others other people's skills and abilities and stats to really build up what you can do and it's actually really reflective on what bart is you know just procs yeah which it's the way that bart is currently yeah yeah so <laughs> It's something not really satisfying as far as solo play and now not even solo play, even in medium play, you know, dungeon play, you know, that that's you had a decent dichotomy before, but now it's even going to be even worse, Mm -hmm. you know, because like you have less people to feed into your skills, to feed in into your forbidden chakra stacks to expend um, your finishers. now it all comes down to how the rng is going to be with forbidden chakra because they they did increase it to 70 percent now right how reliable is that going to actually be 70 percent, or is it going to be more like 40 percent if you if you have a bad day rng affects everyone differently and there's really no way you can actually pinpoint how well that actually does and it's just it feels out it's removing control from the player and that's never satisfying for people, or at least not for, you know, the identity of what Monk was. And then now you're basically asking people to completely change their play style to fit something else, you know? Well, I think that, like, with the RNG aspect of it and set the whole 70% thing, so... Bard is like that, and it, it's similar in that aspect, but there's actually things that players can do to actually, um... their time? Well, make it... So, essentially, you can make that 70% happen stat, with stats. Yeah. And, unfortunately, it's, one, it's probably going to be one of those things that would have to be experimented with, because what Square does, and people that have been playing the game for a long time, they know, I mean, I'm sure you probably noticed too, 
that what they will do is is that every expansion they start screwing with like side stats a lot but they don't they do not talk about it in the live letter they do not talk about it in patch updates it is just super under the rug they don't talk about it and i first started noticing it with um when paladins got the move uh, i think i've talked to you about this when paladins got um that healing skill what is it called uh you know what i'm talking about can you hear me yeah clemency clemency yeah 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 so clemency, for people that don't know, clemency when Heaven's Ward first came out, if you popped a strength potion, your clemencies would actually hit harder. Now there is nothing in the tooltip at the time, and probably not even still to this day, that would say anything about clemency will be increased by this much percentage if you increase your strengths or whatever, whatever, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it might this whole thing with monk is probably if i had to guess they would probably link it with like crit or or direct hit or whatever i'm not sure which one of those it's gonna take crit and that's how it is right now well maybe maybe because you don't know until it until it comes out because it's because the strength thing makes no sense makes zero sense at all so you might have to like monks might even notice that they're like oh well we need more debt because that's actually making us get our procs more often it's it's it it, sometimes it seems straightforward and sometimes it can be really freaking weird but it's going to be something related to damage but you just don't know what kind of damage if that makes sense well that completely goes against their whole reason for these changes is like it's the reason is for accessibility yeah and they've even come out right out and said that that's where a lot of the sentiment behind making these changes came from. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, having something so cryptic in the jobs, uh, you know, mechanics, I wouldn't see them being part of their philosophy. Well, they, and, it, it may not be on, per- and, and this is another example of it, but they don't play their game. Well, so no, yeah. They don't know that back then strength did that and so like they don't know that okay players are actually trying to increase their critical hit rate and actually foregoing higher level gear on bard because even though the higher level gear gives them more main stat because of the lack of crit they won't even wear it so it's just like they're they're not they don't calculate for those things but the player base has to figure it out but it's only the players that are interested in like min maxing but i think as far as like players that are just getting introduced to the job i don't think they would even notice or even care if that makes sense then you're you're, you're always going to be playing the job with the handicap that's true and so like this is a poor way to to, you know to design a job i mean yeah the execution is bad (laughs) absolutely the the way they go about it man is really really bad Every time it happens, every every expansion, every patch, bro. Because <laughs> I mean, it's it's weird that they they, they I don't know they don't want to focus so much on stats and everything, and not like or not not make certain stats be so invaluable compared to others. Mm-hmm. Well, on the surface and from what it seems like, it's not gonna change because like right now, 
Monk was already in love with Crit, and now it, it, it seems like it's just going to continue to be in love with Crit. Right. It, you just kind of double down on the Crit to increase your Crit procs for, for the Forbidden Chakra. Mm-hmm. So you can get it so often that you can weave it in so often with your normal rotation. Right. And make up for that damage that you're losing for those off global cooldown skills that you that they didn't replace. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't understand the change of making monks so dependent on party composition when they don't when they want to get away from party synergy. You know. Um, I think they what they meant by party. I think I don't think they meant party synergy as a whole. Well, they, they want to get rid of like skills like piercing and um you know slashing and stuff like that oh we got to bring you know bard and dragoon together because you know they just work so well together yeah with the piercing debuff and everything as far as damage and stuff mm-hmm. but it's like monk monk's gonna need to have for what it looks like dancer put dancer in there with monk put dragoon in there with monk and then put Bard in there with Monk. Mm-hmm. You know, so Monk can get a bunch of crazy weapon skill procs for for um, Forbidden Chakra when he, when whenever you use Brotherhood. That crit increase when you get when um for from Dragoon with um, Battle Litany. Dancer seems like it's gonna be a great dance partner for Monk, because the way that dancer skills looking like, you get a 30% um damage no not damage, um, crit increase as well right so i was like all right dump all the crit into monk that's what it seems like it would what they want you to do now and i i mean i think that's the type of stuff that they were trying to avoid in the first place well i don't think people are gonna do that oh they, they totally will i don't think so because if you build your entire raid group around just your monk it's just like well okay yeah the problem just won't they won't even bring the monk to begin with well, I mean, I think they still bring it. I think people still bring it to rate because the game is so. So the thing about it is that even though they have kind of gutted Monk with this RNG, it as far as winning and beating the fights, it really doesn't matter because the game has gotten leagues and bounds easier than it ever has been, and from these changes in Shadowbringers, I'm pretty sure people aren't gonna just build a whole group around one DPS. Like, they used to do that back in the day, but, like, I don't think that's, I don't think, I think these changes are gonna make it to where people can just kind of go in and play whatever, and it's just a matter of just, like, you know, do you even want to play Monk? Because I was, I was talking with... Mm -hmm. Like I'm not, I'm not saying that people are gonna like see these changes like oh we gotta bring monk to build around it no I'm saying that if you do choose to play monk mm-hmm. and bring it into the raid yeah those are gonna come up it's like well okay if we want to see the full potential out of this class if you are gonna play with it mm, these are some things that people are gonna consider if they're even gonna be willing to bring it at all well it, it's it it doesn't matter. Like I was discussing it with Ika the other day and I was telling Ika, I was like, man, it, from the way these changes work, we can probably have a, a composition of nothing but casters, like mm-hmm. nothing but caster DPS. And it won't even matter like at all. Not, it won't, it won't matter about 
no limit break bar. It won't matter about party composition or buffs or any of that. If well, you, you could do that. No, <laughs> no, I don't think so. I, I don't. I I do not think so. Yeah, you, I really think you could if you really wanted to. It's just uh -uh. what type of performance were you were you set out to do? You wouldn't have the damage. Cause mm. so prior to how so I'm not sure if you've noticed, but it seems like all the classes, all the DPS classes mostly, are all getting like these super huge internal buffs that just kind of just come with the class. Um, as far I'm not so sure about monk, but generally speaking, all the other ones are kind of getting to a point to where they're self-sufficient as far as their damage is coming. And so by them removing things like slashing debuff and piercing and all this other stuff now it doesn't matter but before if you had a wacky composition like you, you there's a possibility you can't beat that fight i mean you could but it would be really it'd be way 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 more difficult like if you went an all caster comp like nah dog because <laughs> There's a lot of times where you're, um, I remember actually there's certain parts where you fight bosses where like you need a melee limit break. Like you need it because the cash limit break isn't strong enough. It, it's just focused oh, on AoE. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's things like that. It's things like Dragoon and, and, and Battle Litany and then Dragoon's Tether and like just all this stuff that, because caster's damage can be kind of weird sometimes where especially like black mage for example so if you're doing a fight where you're moving a ton and there's nothing but black mages like man there's going to be a lot of downtime on that boss so you're actually going to end up losing damage at least how it is currently but with them doing this whole free love thing with, <laughs> with classes it, it looks like they're making it to where it doesn't even matter what you bring in I mean now the min maxers will say otherwise. Well, I guess, yeah, maybe casters, all casters, probably was something that yeah, you definitely couldn't do. Yeah. But I, when I, when you bring bring up the idea of like being able to do with any class, I feel like you could have done that already because like you don't have to worry about oh, we have a ninja or we need to have you know or you didn't you don't need to have a ninja in every single party you know right. just for that you know um um trick attack you know. Parties without a ninja can still clear stuff. You know, without a, with a, without a dragoon can still clear stuff. So, yeah. Um, well, did, um, did you want to jump tank stuff, my dude? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, I kind of don't even want... Man, tanking is a joke, man. I don't even want to give it a time of day. Tanking tank is a joke. It's for scrubs. It's the easiest ever been. Shirk is a joke. If you shirk, you're a scrub. Blah, well, it seems like you're not going to have to worry about that because you're always going to have enmity. Oh, God. Don't even get me started on that, man. Oh, okay, hold on. It, it, I know that's a, in, it's all about engagement, you know? Being able to keep the player engaged and, like, being able to, like, okay, balance how much DPS you put in while keeping aggro. Mm -hmm. It's a whole system that, like, a lot of tank, uh, tank mains do like but there are people who who don't like that um it's like well i don't even use my 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 what's it called 
my enmity combo anyway so just remove it what this could do is make the system of the tank jobs and as far as their combos and their toolkits maybe it makes their their combos more interesting because it's now there's more there's more space to work with as far as skills well it's not the see it's not just the changes it's just the way the whole just yeah. the way they work in game now mm-hmm. like it's the whole thing mechanically how they work whenever they do bosses because and i've said this to a couple people every now and then and it, it actually jogs their memory but ads don't exist in raids anymore yeah like the past few yeah. raids i think the last time we've seen a decent amount of ads was alexander but there's like no ads mm-hmm. so there no. is no yeah. oh i need to pull this ad over here i need to do this i need to do that it that that, that stuff doesn't exist so it's just like all tanks do is all they do is just grab the boss hold the boss in a spot bring the boss to this spot and then sit there the whole fight um that's all they do of that now i mean there are some fights where there there are ads because like um sigma sigma uh, escape the first fight on the train mm-hmm. that boss has ads with the ghosts and stuff but yes they're not happening at the same time when you have to um, control the boss as well you know right yo what's up bro <laughs> <laughs> um so like yeah that whole interaction is different that whole exchange is different they usually okay if there are going to be ads the ads are there because the boss left yeah it's like they they're they don't add to the fight they're just kind of just throwing it like i mean when I'm talking about like ads, I'm talking about like T9 like golems. Oh yeah, I know what you mean. Like T9 golems, they have ads in T8, stuff like that. The ads in T7, like those yeah, are yeah, those are real. No, not just the Renaults, even the little uh, the snakes, the, the, snakes, yeah, the little bow and arrow ladies. Like those are real ads. Ads real. And then oh, yeah. there's the um. There's the other snake lady that pops up that you have to kill her really quickly. Otherwise, she petrifies the whole the whole raid group. Melissa? No, no, there's the a main one. There's another lady. There's like a she pops up at like the last like thirty percent of the fight. Oh, I totally forgot. Yeah. Yeah, but those are fights where you actually have real ads. You actually have to manage. Mm-hmm. In in this one, it's like these these ads are like these ads are jokes, man. They don't even do anything. <laughs> I mean, even though the mechanics were, dude, that that t, what was that? That's T seven. Yeah, T seven was hard. Yeah, like if, if a lot of people went back and played those fights and they did them on like, and on the little level sync or whatever, and had to do it like it was done back then, they'd be they would have been done with this game. Then <laughs> maybe maybe doing the nerf version in yeah, the nerf man. version. <laughs> yeah, dude. But what was it? An insta kill if you got petrified before? Um, it wasn't an insta kill. Like you would get petrified, but you get petrified for like forty-five seconds, and then Melisine she would randomly throw fireballs on people. So if you were petrified and you got hit, it was an insta kill. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. And it couldn't be a Suna, no leeches, none of that. It was just like, all right, well, let's just wait and pray she doesn't hit me and. Even if she didn't, which she might not hit you at all, 
there's you still are like all your uptime on your damage is just non-existent and she had an enrage <laughs> so if you didn't have the right dps it's just like you were gonna lose because <laughs> like you remember you had, to, you had to turn away so you wouldn't petrify people yeah one in the <laughs> that arena wasn't big <laughs> no it was small teeny teeny yeah. <laughs> so that, that's my problem with like tanking it's not necessarily the, the changes i feel like is just making it because i get it they're trying to make it more accessible for people to play tank or whatever whatever but like they're dumbing down something that's already been dumbed down like mechanically mm -hmm. and it's it's just really like it, it's 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 pushing me even further and further away from tanking and I was like, I, I, I main tank, I main paladin for like almost three years. <laughs> so it was just like, now it's just like, I don't even want nothing to do with them because they're just, they're just shells of what they once were, once were, man. It's really sad actually when I think about it. Um, So like, basically no matter what they did as far as their toolkits, like as far as like how they play and stuff like that, that never really mattered to you. It's all about... Nope how how the tank role was utilized and mechanically in a fight yeah because i mean if you go in into a fight and you decide okay i'm gonna be a tank in this fight you're supposed to be sweating like if you don't sweat when you first do a fight then we'll do sweat. <laughs> and if they do currently they have another they have a whole another set of problems <laughs> they have a whole another set of problems but like I mean sweat in the instance of like you have a long list of responsibilities mm. like a long long list but now it's just okay put the boss here put the boss there every now and then bosses don't really have like not too many mechanics where it matters so much about positioning anymore people can't even handle that though <laughs> The positioning okay, now right. is just like it's so much easier man I, there are times where like sometimes people won't keep the boss straight so it's easier to identify how mechanic will come out yeah. like for omega um everyone knows this fight how you have starboard and landboard you have an aoe on the right side and you have an aoe on the left side mm -hmm. and even if that so for some reason people just can't keep the boss straight so it's easy to identify okay we got to go east. We got to go west. If you even have him catacornered, it's like, oh my goodness, what size is it going to come out? And then he he does the move, and then he he does a one eighty, so he shifts, and now you got to pan your camera around so you can adjust and line up perfectly. So like, okay, now I got to see. Okay, am I facing north or wherever the boss is facing for, forward? And then now make sure that I'm actually on his left or right so I can dodge the mechanic. I don't know. Some people can't even handle keeping the boss straight sometimes right um i mean i mean the, the game is asking less of people to be more i guess attentive and a just even positional <laughs> you know, maybe positional is something that i only realized because monk is like the only one with like real positionals um uh, dragoon has some not a lot i think it's only like two for like two skills other than that it's kind of you can kind of do whatever you want for the most part so, yeah. And then Samurai has a couple, but they're not necessarily like super pivotal. Well, they're not. They're not potency. 
yeah. increases, are they? Well, they they're not potency increases for samurai, but they're the little they increase your bar. The kenki. Yeah, so you can actually get to your uh, your big move faster. So it in a way it messes with potencies, but not like you know if you don't do this move here, you're gonna do less damage. It's like okay, you're gonna get less of a bar, so you have to press, you have to do this rotation one more time and then do your big move kind of kind of deal. Yeah. So it, it's just not too too drastic on samurai, but. Samurai is just so fucking strong, it doesn't even matter. <laughs> it's just so easy. Yeah, man, it's so easy, it's so powerful. Get damage if you're good. Yeah, man. <laughs> well, you ready to jump on the next thing, my dude? Yeah, I got to run into We're running into the ground, yeah. Yeah, we're... we're... <laughs> Probably pissed off a bunch of people. Oh yeah, basically. man! I even for a second there, I was getting a little mad, man, just thinking about the tank change. I was like, Ugh. I don't even like <laughs> thinking about it. It's just, it's just gross. <laughs> All right, so I think we'll oh, do the. I'm gonna go for the nostalgia one. Then do E3 last. Gonna do E3 last. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, that's fine. Cool. All right. Yeah, that's cool. Um. So this one is the power like, of nostalgia I, and, and why it's so strong. Yeah, so I want to do a little bit more research on it just to see like if any of my theories like had some like basis to it. Mm -hmm. But it's so weird. It was just so random. Too. Um, I was on Hulu um, one night. You know, just going through the different shows and stuff, and like I was like, oh. Like, holy, holy crap look at all the all the nickelodeon shows that are there you got rugrats you got rocket power you got hey arnold right like you got all, all this different stuff like man i was like going down memory lane, down memory lane right now hmm. and and i ran into ran into some anime okay i'm like you got one punch man it's like oh shit i haven't watched one punch man yet because like i'm a scrub i only can watch stuff dubbed you know i don't want <laughs> i don't want to read while oh, watching yeah, that's true that's true <laughs> I, 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 I have to do homework while i watch the show it's mm -hmm. like i just want to i just want to listen and so and then i got i went further deeper and it's like yo they got sailor moon yo. on hulu you know you got some old school shit right here it's mm -hmm. like okay okay and like i'm like looking all the seasons like wow they actually have a lot of seasons here. They have season one, two, three, four, five. Like, wow. I was like, okay, maybe I'll just binge Sailor Moon real quick right now. Mm -hmm. I go and I, they have both the sub and they have the dub. It's like, well, you know what? I'm clicking. I'm clicking the dub. Here we go. And my ears started to bleed. <laughs> I'm like, Wait a second. That's that's not what's her name voice. That, that's not Serena's voice. Oh yeah, I'm gonna be using American names. I during my <laughs> during my trip down memory lane, I learned that people hate to use the English names for Sailor Moon characters. Apparently, really? yeah, they're like a bunch of purists. Um, I, we, and we can get into that as I go down, okay. as I as I elaborate. But but yeah, so like. It's basically a different dub. 
that I that was being that that was on Hulu, mm-hmm. different um, from what was back in the day. Right. Um, and so I was like, oh, like I, this is so foreign. It sounded foreign. It sounded weird. And I went down this whole like, okay, well, now I'm just like intrigued. Let me see, can I find Sailor Moon anywhere? From what I remember from the original but dub back in the 90s and 2000s and whatnot. And no, it's been like cleaned out. So like Viz Media like bought the rights to Sailor Moon. And so they like went back and redubbed the whole show. And there are some good th- things that come from it because a lot of the censorship stuff that happened back in the day mm-hmm. has been, like, alleviated is way more pure and authentic to what the Japanese dub was. Okay. So it's like, okay, it's a little bit more faithful to the source material, but this is objectively to a lot of people, the better rendition and take on the series, but it was so hard for me to get past it solely on sound. Like, the just the the audio sensory in my head was just in my ears was just weird mm-hmm. and I just couldn't get past that and it made me think like is is the reason why nostalgia is just so powerful to speak solely on not not just visual but auditorial stuff you know the just your senses of hearing and how you remember things and you're, as I was thinking more, it's like your memory is weird. Is that your memory is usually incorrect a lot of the times? Yeah. You know, you try to remember things. You can't perfectly imagine things from recollection all the time. But if you can have an audio cue, a song, a chime, some sort of noise, that can be so powerful in how you remember stuff and recalling memories to where it fills in the gaps for you it, it almost like sound like paints the, paints the picture for you so you can visually imagine what you used to what you remember um that's like so okay with with sound i feel like even that can be misconstrued uh just because like let me see um okay i'll give you i'll give you like two examples so with when people hear certain sounds if you hear it for the first time and you enjoy it that sound in your memory is attached to an emotion yeah and emotions are not the best form of like trying to get an accurate representation of how good something is you know if that makes sense you know what i mean yeah so you know, then it's an accurate representation of what it did to you right and so then there's also the whole thing of like so okay back in the 90s if i were to stand up on stage right and i pick up a microphone back in the 90s and i go what's that everybody's gonna be busting out laughing because Back then, it was, you know, it was the joke on Scream or whatever from the scary movie series or whatever. But if I do that today, everybody's going to be like, 
oh god do we really think that was funny back then it's like oh that's not fun anymore so it's, it's like even because the sound is attached to an emotion even sound sometimes can be a little inaccurate of like how good or bad something is because it's still a, it's attached to a, an emotion well not so much as far as like how whether it's good or bad but mm -hmm. just sound is so intrinsically tied to remembering oh yeah know, that's true yeah. core to nostalgia mm -hmm. whether it's good or bad or not right you know the i feel like I, I feel like sound is like the catalyst you know um well there's a thing and it will there's a psychological experiment where like um, I've actually done this on people before <laughs> where people and dogs. So if I, if I ring a bell or whatever, and then you give a dog, if I give a dog a treat and I do that, like, uh, I do that every day for like 10 days straight. Oh yeah. What's going to happen is that dog now has an attachment to that sound and then they feel that, the, well, they know that it's going to be like, they have that memory of being fed. So like, oh, it's feeding time. Mm -hmm. So, people are the same way, definitely, I, I would say, in that, in that regard. Walk to your keys, they're like, oh, they're about to go somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Um, we do, actually, we do that with uh, our cars when we drive. The little seatbelt noise, that's that same type of thing. So, if you don't have your seatbelt on, your car goes ding, 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 ding. And you're like, oh, crap, my seatbelt. You know without even looking. Does that, you know what I'm saying? Like you can just easily process what needs to be done, what needs to be uh, done to fix that problem. Right. You know, and I always like feel like that you could be creative with how you want to interpret something, like as far as like designs and stuff like that, mm -hmm. like a character design or whatever, how you want to interpret it for a modern audience or take on something. Right. Um, and yet you have people who uh, who may not like our styles and stuff like that, but the content is still good. But I feel like, I don't know, soundtracks and music, that's something that's just like, it's harder to overcome, you know? Mm, so, so like the whole thing with Sailor Moon and then you hearing the voices and it's like, you just couldn't shake it because it just, it still just doesn't sound right to you. That, that's fair. I mean, well, that's how you remember it, so that's how you're gonna want it to be. Um, I just say the like moon either. Like even even games. Mm -hmm. Like if like uh, I'm trying to think of like who is there any like recent ones because like I, you hear stories where someone will have like a remaster of a game, yeah. you know, and the gameplay can be solid and stuff and whatnot, but like they mess up the soundtrack it's like hmm something's something just sounds off you um know? with games i think it depends on the person because with games and playing like remasters and stuff like that i don't care about the soundtrack i, I never think about it at all just because like they're it's just like in the background for me I'm more so about like 
the gameplay where like does this move work how i remember it so it's like i remember um josie was playing the uh the, the remaster of the spyro where they did the trilogy or whatever and there was a part she was trying to like jump across this huge ledge and then she's like well here you do it and i was like okay if i remember correctly you can charge and do this little dash or whatever and then jump and you'll be able to jump further and i'm like okay does this work how i remember it working and it did but then there was something about the controls that were off and i think that was the introduction of the um was it um sensitivity no no this is so it was the um the thumbsticks oh mm -hmm. so the spiral i'm used to didn't have those those weren't even invented when i played spiral <laughs> they didn't exist mm -hmm. i was playing oh, you didn't play i played spiral with, with the d-pad because the the thumbstick hadn't even been invented yet mm -hmm. so it was like the controls yeah. felt way different to me i was still able to do it but that aspect of it was very off-putting for me <laughs> so Oh, true. Yeah. I think everybody has their own kind of cue with, with depending on whatever it is. Now with an anime, um, I could see sound being a weird thing. Like like I can't I can't watch Dragon Ball Z um subbed. I can't. I really can't. It, it throws me way off because Goku's voice is Kamehameha It's it's really weird. <laughs> it just it throws me off. I'm like, I can't do this, bro. Cause I'm used to like I don't know, he just has that kind of not a super bassy voice, but it's just a voice that I've just heard for years now, so I'm just used to it. So when I hear the Japanese voice actors, I'm just like, I can't do it, bro. Nope, sorry. Japanese voice? Oh, dude, I believe it's a girl. Probably. That's probably what it is, too. Um, when I was thinking of, I was like trying to think of an example for for games. Mm -hmm. Um, Ten, it's remaster. Okay. And now this isn't isn't like. An, an egregious difference but like the soundtrack is more um i think it's a more orchestral soundtrack mm -hmm. so like, you know symphonic so like it it sounds different from the original a bit but just enough to where i i hear the difference and it's like i don't hate it right and, and i still like the songs but i would definitely have a preference to the old you know playstation 2 version of the of the soundtrack mm -hmm. and can I still play the game? Yeah, of course. I can still play the game, but it's just, it's something always in the back of my head that's just like, something, something is just off, you know? Well, I think maybe that's when they kind of miss the mark of like, um, I guess that, that, that soul aspect of it. And what I mean by that is like, um, uh, okay. I hate pretty much every bit of music that Bruno Mars makes. All of it. Uh, every single bit of it is trash. I don't care who roasts me. I don't care who flames me. I'll say that until I'm old and gray and they put me in the ground. I hate it all. <laughs> but the reason why... <laughs> I know, dog. I know, oh, Sorry. Man. Off the cuff is it's done. It's done. It's, <laughs> oh, it's Off the cuff is canceled. <laughs> Off the cuff has been de the cuffs have been put on. <laughs> the cuffs are coming off. I'm about to, I'm about to give me a ticket to Texas so I can beat you. 
Yeah, <laughs> I hate what? All, yeah, it's trash. It's straight up trash. But the reason why it's trash to me is because this genre he's trying to recreate or, or br- bring back is the genre like I mainly that that's like my full body of music I listen to. So when he tries to bring the bring this funky kind of psychedelic music into it, but it has a the, the modern spin it has on it is like it has no soul at all. Like it, it's missing like all of it. And I'm sure yeah, you know, it's whatever you can you can dress up and dress the part and everything like that. But as far as the the feel that he's trying to portray it's very synthetic and it isn't authentic at all the only there's only a couple artists i could think of that do it correctly and that's probably childish gambino knew you were gonna say him <laughs> yeah because he he does it right it, it's because yeah, have a soul funk yeah. all of that inspiration like and he even says it all the inspiration in his songs comes from though that soulful Erica Badu, some a little bit of Earth, Wind, and Fire, that kind of that kind of music, and it's like, but he does it in a way. It's the same way they did it when they made it. They made it because they were trying to express something. But Bruno Mars, for me, and, and, and maybe it, maybe it's not necessarily him. It might be more along the lines of like his producers and you know record companies and all that stuff like that it may not necessarily be him but the way they do it is just very just dry there's no soul to it at all for me i guess when i look at him because he started off he started off as just very pop yeah you know uh <clears throat> you can hear that he had like michael jackson influences in yeah. his style right um, especially in the you know sound of his voice and like in his you know direction, mm-hmm. you can definitely tell that he was an he was an uh, <clears throat> an artist that definitely um, influenced him a lot. But his first album, very very safe, very pop. You know, people are gonna like it. You know, and then the second one, all right, you, you kind of had a little you know some rock funk influences into it but yeah this most recent one um what uh 24 karat mm-hmm. yeah that was all you know a lot of 80s hip-hop um influence with him yeah. in that track and i guess the way i look at it is usually you would think that okay that style of music is not dead but it's it's old. It's it's ran its course. It had its it had its moment. In mm-hmm. how there's a new trend. Basically, it seems like he's revitalizing a genre of music and bringing it out for a new audience, almost keeping it alive. At least how I look at it. Oh, you know, he's killing it. <laughs> it, it, it. It introduces people to a style of music that they've never been, never may have heard before. And then now they can go back to the the roots and the source the material where of where the inspiration came from, you know. Well, like even in his song, this is like, what is he even saying? You know what I'm saying? It's like twenty four karat magic in the air. What the hell is that? <laughs> it's just like drugs. <laughs> is it though? Because I mean, like 
I don't even think that's even about drugs. I think that's just some random BS lyric they made and just had him sing. <laughs> and it's just like, they just even because it's very manufactured. Well, because I'm thinking like of like Run DMC and all those guys, and it's like they had some music that sounded a little similar, small bit similar, like Run DMC, LL Cool J, and they had like a message there there was something they were trying to tell you but well, bruno mars i feel like you differently fueled oh, back then you know there's a wholly different climate back then to right. where they had a story to tell right you know so like why can't why can't music i mean why can't he just do the same thing i feel what like what do you talk about I mean, anything just anything because i mean there's there's plenty of artists today that talk about stuff in their music and they're the top artists for that reason because <laughs> i mean i feel like at least i guess if you want if in the popular culture landscape mm-hmm. a lot of it doesn't have any of that what? personal and those are the tune. people that are forgettable so like um, i'll give you an example of like um so right now Everybody forgot about who Big Sean is. But mm-hmm. a couple years ago, everybody was quoting him all the time. He's that dude that has a sound bite that goes like he goes, whoa, like that or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, even you know, like you know what I'm saying? Like everybody's heard that before. They may not necessarily know where it comes from. Or uh let me see who else. People like Tyga. Tyga had the sound bite of uh what was that song everybody knew but nobody knew who made it. It was uh, Rack City. Oh yeah, yeah. Everybody was Rack City, bitch. Rack, Rack City, bitch. Rack City, Rack. You know, every everybody was saying that, but nobody knows who made that song. But that's because Tyga is so forgettable, and I feel like Bruno Mars is gonna be just another one of those names that gets forgotten eventually. Just like. You know, Cardi B will, Lil Pump will. It's those artists that don't got nothing to say. Everybody will forget them eventually because it's just like they'll move on to the next person that's just just as dumb. Like uh, Six Nine. <laughs> everybody forgot about him. Everybody, own problem. Everybody forgot about Bobby Schmurda. Um, I, I don't know. I don't. Mm, I don't think so with Bruno Mars. Um. He, he well he's been along for a long he's been around for a long time now right longer than you know your your average you know you know five minute of fame pop culture icon you know of the of the, of the time right now you know right he was he, he he came out in what like 2008 or so something like that. but who is he better than hmm? is bruno mars better than usher nope i would think so Oh, whoa, oh my god, what? Oh, like, Kenna, please, Usher. not like this, man. Like Usher peaked at Confessions. What? Yeah. Uh, bro, you think Bruno Mars is, is okay? Let me let me rephrase the question. Do you think Bruno Mars is more talented than Usher? Like more t- Bruno Mars isn't even more talented than Chris Brown. Like I don't even think he's as good as those guys at all. He's not. He's because he's not that good of a singer either. Wait, what? He's not. 
think? He's not. He's really not. Nope. What? Nope. What are you talking about? Bruno Mars is not a better singer than Usher. He's not. A, he's definitely not a better better singer than The Weeknd. Oh, well, The Weeknd. Okay. We throw down. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just like if I if I if I line up Bruno Mars with the also I'm kind of going off on a team. I'm going on a rant, so. <laughs> Excuse everybody, listen. Man, dude, Usher can sing, he can dance, he can act. Like, this dude has tore it up. He just hasn't done it recently, but he's old now. He's an old man. I guess I'm like thinking of the songs that he's thrown out after Confessions Part 2 and stuff. And it's like, eh. A ton of songs. I don't feel like any of them reached what they were there. Like, I feel the same way with like Kanye, too. Like they both, I feel like they both peaked around the same time. Um, hmm. Kanye's I, weird because like his his newer stuff does technically does better than his older stuff, but older I think yeah, like the, the fandom is kind of like they're all like, Ugh, we'll just stick with Kanye until he goes back to how he used to be. <laughs> Kanye's favorite rappers, man. Like, oh my goodness, like graduation late registration yeah oh my gosh those were so good yep so good oh my gosh well okay i'll tie this back into (laughs) i'll tie it back into i'll do a little segue back to where we were are those songs as good as they were when we first heard them today compared to how he listened to them today i'll still jam out to Touch the sky. Bam, 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 yeah, bam, I will too. Bam, Touch the sky and go off, man. <laughs> Have Cedric the Entertainer in the background in the sound bites in between yeah, tracks. Man. Yeah, man. Yeah. Man, that stuff or, is really good. Like, oh, I see what you do it again. <laughs> I see what you do. I see what you do with your life. Oh, with your life. Or oh, like, how about the like the um. I'm not sure if they were a chain gang or if they were kind of like they had like the alpha, you know, frat vibe to them. Mm-hmm. We broke, 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 five broke. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Got no clothes, got no clothes, ain't got no money, ain't got no money, ain't oh. got no cars, ain't got no cars, ain't got no hoes. Hey, hey, Kevin. <laughs> do you know that a lot of people don't even know who Outcast is today? Oh, oh. Yeah, I kind of yeah. ask people about them every now and then, like random people that are like um, around like eighteen to like twenty, like like just turning twenty, and they have no idea who Outcast is at all. Right. Which is, I'm not, I'm not like faulting them for that, because if I think about it, like Outcast was more of a uh, late '90s kind of group. In like yeah. early early 2000s and like the people that are like 18 19 right now were like born when outcasts kind of had their peak and then they're like okay you know we're, we're all taking a break from music now yeah so um outcast yeah uh, yeah uh there's so many i i know people like um hey y'all yeah i don't really care for it yeah i thought it was okay i thought they had a lot better songs than that yeah all right, Miss Jackson. Yeah, that's I mean, a good one. Um, I like the way you move. Yeah. Uh, oh my. You can turn that on and people will be bumping in the club yep. still. Still. It's, yeah. That song is still fire. Mm-hmm. 
This is a totally different style. Yeah. yeah. Um, ooh, ooh, okay, okay. Hot take, hot take, hot take. I think I've talked to you about this before, but I'm gonna go ahead and pull the trigger and just say it so everybody hears it. Alright, so everybody's seen Cowboy Bebop, right? Everybody and people people will swear up and down Cowboy Bebop is the some people feel like it's the greatest anime ever made. Um, I think not a lot of it's people. It's, it's, it's up there. It's at the top of a lot of people's lists. And a lot of those people, I've asked them if they've seen it all the way through. And they always say no. <laughs> and, and, and here's the thing about it. Anybody who feels like Cowboy Bebop is like a top tier anime, which I'm not saying it's not. Or if it's at the top of your list, watch it all the way through from beginning to end. And I think they'll have a different opinion because there are some episodes in Cowboy Bebop that are some of the most boring episodes I've ever seen in anime history. Mm. And, and I, some of those episodes feel like Naruto filler. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, they, they feel that pain. And, and the only reason they feel that painful to me is because two episodes ago, I was like, oh, this show is fire. It's lit. Oh, man, we're like freaking Japanese James Bond in space, man. This is lit. And then, like, there's the episodes where, like, they have, like, a lazy day and everybody's just, like, sleep inside the ship the whole episode. Mm-hmm. Or, like, um development i get i mean yeah but it's not really necessary because the show it it just it it really Mm. misses the mark man it it, like it 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 falls off hard it picks back up and it picks back like at the end of cowboy bebop like episodes probably six or seven episodes before it ends that all the way through is um is that why you don't like it, There's or like a, you feel like you don't you don't care for the downtime? It's it's the downtime is so it's so so hard down in comparison to the highs that the show has, to where it's when you watch it in order, it's just like it's it's a rough watch. Now, I mean, I'll I'll sh- I'll show my anime cred right now. Okay, okay. I have none because I haven't watched Cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, ain't nothing wrong with that man. There's plenty of people that have a sea cowboy bebop. Um, but I just have a respect for it because I see people in the community who have a respect for it and like it and praise it. And it's like, okay, yeah. Until I can cast judgment on it and watch it myself, I can't do that. It's like, okay, I'll 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 trust you, you know. In your opinion, mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, you know, I won't, I won't hate it, hate on it, and say that it's not something that it's not that because I haven't seen it, right? You know, and it's a, it's a lot of anecdotal, you know, um, feedback. Very anecdotal. Even my thing, very anecdotal, because that's just my opinion, right? So it's yeah. like, yeah, <laughs> but it definitely has a cultural impact. Oh yeah, you know? and so like, even if the show itself, if you say doesn't hold up 
it does that diminish what it's done no 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 like it, it the show the show is still a masterpiece yeah but it is not as much of a masterpiece as a lot of people make it out to be like if i compare cowboy bebop to like princess mononoke it's not even close like princess mononoke is way better than cowboy bebop like in Mm-hmm. Would you consider that an anime? I mean, it's a movie, but like, um, are they almost like two different tiers? Because like, you don't, you wouldn't compare, like, um, Breaking Bad to mm-hmm. like, uh, The Departed. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. Hot take. Another hot take. Then. What? Departed sucks. No, 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 no. Breaking Bad sucks. I'm gonna say this. People are gonna be mad. They're gonna be mad. Code Geass is better than Cowboy Bebop. Mic drop. I said it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Mic drop. I said it. Code Geass is way better than Cowboy Bebop. <gasps> Code Geass is a masterpiece. Cowboy Bebop is a masterpiece. But it, it is People. just this is just my I'm just Gloria Borger giving my opinion. <laughs> I'm not supposed to give my opinion. <laughs> I'm gonna take the heat off of you oh, right now. Man. I haven't seen Kogias. Oh! <laughs> I'm a fake anime fan. <laughs> I haven't seen it. Yeah. Um. Hmm. But I, from what I hear, though, mm-hmm. I feel like people would wouldn't be that uh wouldn't wouldn't think too different from you or at least not too much i think people would be able to respect that um i think they would respect it in the aspect of like these are both heavy hitters and I, and hopefully they know that like um just because i feel like kogias is better than cowboy bebop i'm not out here just gonna be flaming cowboy bebop like it's not lit <laughs> Because it's a lit show. I think they'll just be like, ah, oh, well, he just has a different opinion. It's kind of like, it's kind of saying like, oh, I like Batman more than Superman. It's like, okay, I, 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 I see what you mean. I disagree with you, but I, I see where that thought process, because you, you're comparing two things that are both great. So. Because um, like, you can throw into like, um, Gurren Lagann. I haven't seen that. Huh? I have not seen that. I definitely recommend it. Everybody keeps telling me to watch it. I'm like, I've never seen. It. I, I've heard about it. Like, I've heard like the main character like dies in like what like this the sixth episode or some crap like that. Yeah, I mean, he's but he's not even like. I guess you would think he's the main character, but he's not even the main character. He's a very important intrinsic character, right? To the growth, to the growth, to the, to the main character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah, it, it was like you know, top ten anime deaths of all time. Yeah, yeah. he was he's on the list. <laughs> um, cause like, but okay, mm-hmm. I want to propose a question. Okay, what's up? What's let's, up? or not so much a question, but like, let's just make a list right now. Nineties and two thousand anime that are like of their era are the top of the top. You know, I mean, I feel like we can just name them off our head right now. 
Um, so you, I mean, 90s, of course, you got, uh, well, some of these kind of, hmm. Galleon. Cowboy Bebop. Yeah. Um, Gotta throw Inuyasha in there, probably. Dragon Ball Z. Yep, yep. Uh, what, what's the other one? I feel like I'm missing one. Um, then how about, uh, oh, Mobile Soup, Gundam. Okay, yeah, Gundam, um, I'm not gonna lie, as much flack that I give Gundam, when it first came out, I do remember watching it as a kid and actually, like, really enjoying it, yeah. until it got so political to where I was just kind of, and then, I was a kid, so it was, like, it was probably too hard for me to digest. Peak Gundam, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that'd be probably a lot of the, the 90s stuff. Yeah, not to and exclude any of that we forgot, but... Uh, yeah, but then you got probably for the two thousands. <clears throat> we'll throw um, Gurren Lagann, Kogias, Death Note, um, Death Note. Yeah. Death Note's huge. Yep. Um, Full Metal. Full Metal. Yep. We got uh. Do uh, you want to put Naruto on there? Ah, uh, is Naruto yeah. as good as those shows? Naruto had a lot of I I feel like I feel like Naruto has a lot of so okay what a lot of set pieces I think that Naruto had done some things that we had never seen in animation that is now kind of staples in animation today um, with its fights in the in in the beginning of Naruto um, just because like like I feel like up to the Sasuke retrieval arc, that's like, yeah. yeah well, I, I was gonna say like more so like before Shippuden. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, about that. Before Shippuden, Naruto, as far as its hand-to-hand combat animation and stuff like that, was um really, really, really crazily well done, and. So yeah, I, I guess to be fair, then yeah, throw Naruto in there. Um, I would definitely throw Bleach in there. Oh, probably Bleach. Yeah, but it, it's sad because um, Bleach kind of dealt with the same thing because the uh, I think from I was looking it up to the Tite Kubo, the guy who just made it or whatever, he had a lot of difficulties with his management and kind of like. It bogged him down, and it, it reflects on his work, and so like the anime, like kind of died as a result of it. It's really sad, but that sucks. Yeah, Bleach. Um, there's a non-shonen that we're missing. Oh, we we're trying to get away from shonens. No, no, I'm just, I just I just I was like trying to think of one, but I feel like there was I just feel like there's. There's one like on the tip of my tongue that I feel like I'm um, missing. We could do, uh, we can do, we could throw Clannad in there. Clannad is considered the greatest romance anime ever created. Oh, yeah. oh. the melancholy of Haruhi Susumiya. Uh oh yeah 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 okay yeah yeah I know what you're talking about. I haven't seen it, but I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I guess my overall point was is that we can name so many shows from like those eras mm-hmm. do you think there are as many like 
shows today that we would say go down is like yeah those are the top anime from their season or, or era um so it, it's hard to say because it's like we're kind of in the era at the moment and it's like do they withstand the test of time kind of sort of yeah something that we won't know until like Another, five ten years no ten years from now <laughs> hopefully the podcast is still going hopefully fingers crossed <laughs> but um I guess right now the leaders of the pack would be your um would be your attack on titan everybody people yeah, seem to still be with it uh your my, my hero academia people seem to really like that still uh, um I would I would want to say one punch man at least season one. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not so sure about season two though. Ooh, season two did people are like I heard very very mixed feels about mm-hmm. season two. Yeah. Um, that's why I, mean. I don't know. The whole show be able to just stand the test of time, even though season two is not as well received. Maybe it, it's debatable. We gotta we gotta see what they what they come up with. Hi. Yeah. And, and um, maybe it maybe it stops at season two. Then it's like okay, it just kind of stunted its own growth, you know. Um. Oh, what's another one? Um, Soda online. Oh God. Oh, I mean, not that no, over. I think Soda online is kind of. I mean, it's still going, and I, I know there's people that still enjoy it. And now, you won't hear. You won't. There are going to be a lot of people like I said, like, yeah, that the gun gale thing, the season three booty, you know, season two trash, mm-hmm. but season one, that was a cultural phenomenon. Yeah, I mean, it, it basically it, it, it birthed the isekai genre pretty much. Yeah, it, it basically you this may um, be a leap. wait, I won't but, say birth. I, I won't. I can't say birth. Actually, it's not true. Okay. Not hack. I get yeah, cause I feel like Dot Hack has a fandom. Like, there's a fan, like there's fans of Dot Hack that are like super, super diehard fans, and there's a, there's a ton of them. It's just that like the only people that talk about Dot Hack are people that are around other Dot Hack fans. If that makes sense. And it's not like Dot Hack didn't do what Sword Art Online did, you know? It didn't make what the genre is today, you know. And would you even consider Dot Hack the same genre as like? Would you even consider Dot Hack an isekai? Oh, definitely, yeah. Sure, if it was something a little bit deeper. Um, it, it's it's definitely an isekai, but it's it's an isekai that was um, how do I put it? Dot Hack was too ahead of its time. Because if Dot Hack were to come out today, oh, dude, it would just be it. Would, people would be amazed. They would love it. But at the time, Dot Hack was like they were too meta before the meta started. <laughs> because now in, in pop culture, we have things where people are actually talking about like, uh, oh, you know, being stuck in a computer simulation and. Is our real life a computer simulation? You know what I'm saying? People have questions like that. 
and dot hack actually was exploring those things like back in like the late 80s early 90s i think so i think that because i think it was the manga for that let me see hang on maybe I, maybe 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 not the manga uh, let me see Dot I mean, all that stuff is weird. Like, got Dragon Ball Z super late, and Dragon Ball Z is older than what we know. <laughs> yeah, you know? Dragon Ball Z is really old. Um. Okay, so the anime that we saw, the first episode date was in 2003. Okay. So they were just... <laughs> they were 16 years ahead of their time. So they were this is during the time of stuff like Matrix too. That was also like experiment that idea. Yeah, you know, and Matrix has a ton of anime influences. Right. Yeah. I think the Matrix dabbled in these things, but it was carried with high action, and Dot Hat yeah. doesn't have a whole whole lot of that. Very methodical show. Very very methodical. Like I was telling me and Brian were talking about it the other day, and I was like, yeah, Brian. Um, dot hack is a show i think everybody should watch but i just cannot recommend it <laughs> just because it's people i feel like if you're not in the right mind state you're gonna be like this show is super boring you're just gonna write it off <laughs> yeah um so yeah it's it's hmm it's hard because like the comparison i was gonna make was like Sora Online had the same impact as like as DBZ did, you know, for comparing t- two mm. generations. Um, Dragon Ball Z is like the grandfather of shonens. You know, you wouldn't have Dragon Ball Z without you know, you wouldn't have Naruto without Dragon Ball Z. You wouldn't have Bleach without Dragon Ball Z. You wouldn't have My Hero without Dragon Ball Z. You know. Well, I feel like Dragon Ball Z is on like a completely different level than Sword Art. Because Sword Art didn't really like. Uh, so Sword Art impacted the anime community, but Dragon Ball Z like affected like cartoons. Period. Very true. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's even some. I mean, oh here's an example. Okay. I'm sure you're gonna remember this, but anybody who's not old enough to remember this, I'm sorry. Look it up on YouTube. You'll, you'll know what I'm talking about. But. There's an episode of the Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy, right? Where they eat the little chicken balls and they get the Dragon Ball Z powers. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And um, not only Billy and Mandy, but also Kids Next Door. Yes. Number two. Yeah. He had a whole. Um, he had a whole. Yeah. Dragon Ball Z episode. Mm-hmm. Um, day, daydream sequence. Not only them. But also fairly odd parents. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Movie. The whole movie was based off of a Dragon Ball Z type show influencing kids and it making kids more violent. It had a whole nineties um, you know, moral discussion of anime in the in the cartoon itself. Yep. In in a in an hour long sh- TV movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the finale was it was a was a totally was a Dragon Ball Z fight at the end of the sh- at, at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, it has so many references, totally. Right. And I was you watching, know? I was watching like a, a YouTuber, and they were explaining how 
how pivotal the show was and they they brought something to my attention that i didn't even think of but when i thought about it i, th- I think they're absolutely right and what they said was um when dragon ball z first released in america it was the very first time americans had seen destruction in cartoons of this caliber like ever in the history of just american tv watching if what you couldn't see this level of destruction in movies you couldn't see it anywhere else but dragon ball z and it was the fact that like goku would destroy people and they would like be disintegrated and then like they would blow up planets (laughs) it was just like what (laughs) that sequence that you can just coin is like it's the it's the dragon ball z death sequence where like you have the flash of light hitting on them their face gets all warped up and everything and then they they disintegrate yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then like you could punch somebody and they go hurtling into like a a mountain cliffside and then they come out and they're alive it's just like that had never been seen like anywhere it was its own just crazy thing to, to, to american audiences at least i'm not sure about if japan anything like out like that but i can't think uh, of anything prop i mean they oh uh, outside of anime maybe? yeah or well i mean i feel like that just be more intrinsic into them their culture yeah. from the beginning right oh i mean even if we're talking like like og dragon ball mm-hmm. you know even like like you had goku impale king piccolo yeah through the, ch- through the chest yep. you know and that was that that came out in like the 80s and it, it was a kid show it was just like what this this level of violence in a kid show i mean like we'd seen tom and jerry but it was like you know if tom gets if, if tom smashes jerry with a hammer you're not gonna see blood and guts he'll just like flatten and then he bounces back to his original shape it's like oh he's fine he's made of rubber <laughs> shit <laughs> um I was hmm yeah as far as I kitchen yeah dragon um yeah dragon was probably like the first one I'm like trying to think like maybe Astro Boy but nah um yeah. I can't think of many other uh that's another show that has like a little bit of a cult following yeah it's it's probably like the modern anime of like the 60s mm-hmm. you know like even my mom like watched like speed racer yeah you know? speed, that's exactly what i was thinking of <laughs> like my mom like yeah i like speed racer like mm-hmm. speed. but like they had no recollection of like that was anime you know yeah the, it was just nobody knew it was a japanese cartoon it was just a cartoon on tv that's interesting mm-hmm. that like there's been you know influences of Japanese cartoons coming over to the West, but never. But the anime boom didn't like happen, you know, back then. And maybe it's just because like media is a totally different beast now. Yeah. You know, and like we really have to give so much prop to Toonami. Oh you know? yeah, that yeah that that goes without saying. There's just the people behind Toonami, Cartoon Network, um. The stars align, lightning in a bottle, you know, this match made in heaven to where all these things have to come together in the right moment for for what happened, happened to mm-hmm. happen, you know? Because, like, 
um, like uh, Sailor Moon. Yeah. I would have never like, seen it if it was for Toonami, to be honest with you. I've never seen it. Like, it was on a different network even before that. Mm-hmm. And it, it was on like, um, I was watching this one YouTuber or this, this one video talking about it that it was on like, you know, like a Warner, Time Warner network, you know, like one of the, one of the main channels, you know, like, like ABC, NBC, one of those. Right. You know, and it didn't really go anywhere, you know, and it was about to be canceled, but, but then Cartoon Network picked it up and put it on, on their channel. Mm-hmm. And it was one of the headliners for, you know, the Toonami block. Yep. And boom, instant success for all parties involved. DBZ, you know, Sailor Moon, you got Tenchi Muyo. Oh, yeah. You know, Go, um, all these other shows, you know. It's like, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's crazy, you know, that like it, it wouldn't have happened until this moment if, with the right people, you know, making sure those things could happen. Yeah. Um, hmm. And now things are just moving so fast to where it's like, how do you even keep track? You know, that's that's one thing I've noticed. It's like <clears throat> every week there's some new anime that everybody's talking about to keep up with. And 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 in some actually, no, I'm sorry. That's that's incorrect. It's literally like every day. Never mind. I'm dumb. It's every week that I hear a new anime from Brian. But in the world of anime, there's a new anime like every day. Everybody's talking about. Yeah. And the whole like before it was like an event. That's probably why we have classics. Mm-hmm. You know, that's because we didn't have as many shows competing for the limelight. That's true. Yeah, and, and they weren't so accessible. Yeah. And when you did get a hold of it, you were tuning in and there was an event. Oh yeah. Now no one can be no one can have that time to themselves. It's even harder to break out. Yeah, you know, cause it seasonal anime wasn't a thing before. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't have like anime. You know, anime season summer, summer anime of of two thousand four. You know, I mean, I guess there were shows, but like we weren't waiting season by season now. Right. You know, we're like ten shows that were going on, if if even ten. <laughs> you know, ten maybe a little bit too generous. Maybe well, like. I, I think they were always there. It was just if you what shows you knew about, because like, but we all knew about the same show. <laughs> um. Well, no. There's some shows that I remember watching that it, when I bring them up in conversation, nobody knows what I'm talking about. Like, um, Saint Seiya. Okay. Now, if I were to show a picture of Saint Seiya, people would be like, "Yo, I remember!" Like, Google Saint Seiya really quick. Take your time out. I'll provide like background music. Do 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 do. No, I'm joking. <laughs> Saint, how do you spell it? S E Y A. Oh E. Oh, there it is. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's a show everybody. When they see it, they recognize it, but when you bring it up in conversation, everybody's like, uh, I don't really know, because, and me too, it wasn't a show I watched, like, a ton of, but I remember seeing it and being like, 
yo, this show is kind of cool. And then like, I think the main character had like, all, all the characters were based off of um, the constellations. Oh, okay, that was your gimmick. Yeah, so he was like the main guy was like the Pegasus, and then he had like like Leo and and Scorpio and like all these other ones, and they were like had this big tournament and they would fight. And then huh. there's like some Princess Andromeda or some some shit like that or whatever. But it was just a really cool show, and I was like, man, this show's dope. Hmm. But um, I think it was just the fact that like some shows definitely shine more than others and i feel like those are the ones that got talked about but i think there are some shows that like people did see that were just like how do i how do i put it like um they just didn't have that connection with their friend whenever they brought it up so they just didn't, they just didn't talk about it like i didn't talk yeah. about saint say it was my friends <laughs> They all want to talk about Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> um, yes. I mean, the, the the internet has definitely helped a lot with that. You yeah. know, it's it's come it's, com brought us all together, but it also it's also divided us quite a bit. Yeah, there's just so much, and yeah. just now there's just so many different tastes, like, um, like Detective Conan. Um, mm. case closed in America how, how it would be known like that was a show that like it's a super old show mm -hmm. at least the episodes that were dubbed but that even my sisters watched that show right um, it's like oh wow it's like this Sherlock Holmes type anime you know just solving cases and stuff you know that show never watched it and it's it has that you know villain of the week type of uh um setup mm -hmm. you know new case every day every week you know here's your villain and then rinse repeat new day you know and it's a long-running anime too if you really want to get into like the, the japanese version of it all right there's like you know there's definitely easy over like a thousand episodes or whatever or at least close to it you know kind of like one piece syndrome <laughs> as oh, far as how many God. yeah the never ending show you know the yeah, but um, I can't speak. Did you on, know there's like, some shows that are like three times large, like three times more episodes than One Piece that are still ongoing? Oh, you mean like I forget the name of it, but it's like a super old show about this about a lady. Uh, I have no idea what they're about. I just like was, I was just bored one day, and I think me and Josie looked up like the longest, the longest running shows in anime history that are still ongoing, and they're like <clears throat> they just. Uh, they have like way more episodes than like One Piece and Bleach and like Pokemon and like stuff like that. They just they're way way ahead of those shows. <laughs> um, um, come on, where? Uh, I got, uh, let's, I'm not even sure how to pronounce it. Mm. I'm gonna butcher this, but uh, Seisan san with 2,000 over 2,444 episodes. Yeah, that sounds like probably one of the ones I was looking at. <laughs> and it it released in 1969. Yep. Oh, that show. 
That show is older than probably my parents. Probably, am I that true? Let me see. Close. Let me see. I'm 24. I was born in 94. My dad's like I don't think my dad's. He's not even 50. Uh, so yes, this this show's older than them. Yeah. <clears throat> but then again, I got my parents are a little bit younger. They had they had me when they were like in their early 20s. So. <laughs> yeah. Like my mom, my mom and dad are a bit older. Mm. So like, uh, this show is a. They're slightly older than this show. Like my dad was um 1966. Okay, so he my, was like. Uh, a year old when this show came out. Was it, was it 67 uh, or 69? Uh, 66. Okay, so... Three, three years old. Three years old, yeah. And my mom was, um, 1962. So... So, um, yeah. She was, I'm like, still... what, seven? When it came out? Something like that. But yeah, that's 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 an old, old, old show. Old but gold. Well, maybe I don't know. I don't even know if it's good. <laughs> well, it's like it's a show that people wouldn't even call it anime, though. You know. Um. Well. Is Americans not call it anime? I mean, is it Japanese? Yeah, it is. And then is it? I mean, it all the check marks, right? I guess it would Japan, look too different. Than what oh, anime, people expect anime to look like today, I guess. It, yeah, it, it it just it muddles the conversation. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like okay, we all know that this should be anime as well. Yeah, but would not call it anime, right? Because it, well, it was what I watch, hmm. you know. But that's a very Americanized viewpoint. Yeah, you know, a very Western viewpoint. You know. People over in Japan probably wouldn't think anything of it. No. But I do make as well, but I really don't think they would. Because mm-hmm. they look at all shows as just shows. Just cartoons. It just is their car it work for cartoon is anime. Yep. And, um and that's why I'll I'll, I'll I'll say it. I said it before, I'll say it again. Avatar, Bass Amberner is anime. I yep. don't care. So a SpongeBob and Danny Phantom and yeah all right man we're gonna go ahead and get off this old stuff let's hop on that that new stuff that that hot new fresh stuff hasn't even come out of the oven yet stuff you don't have it's even true man we talk well it it don't matter we just talk about that e3 (laughs) e3 (laughs) predictions coming at you and and i and i don't mean just e3 i'm talking we talking console predictions you know what games are gonna be good what's gonna be lit what's gonna be shit man we're gonna go over all of that (laughs) well we we can go by um we can go by days um so i I got a schedule right here okay Saturday, we can just skip Saturday. E3 doesn't start till Sunday. Okay, okay, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> I only say that because EA is on Saturday. Uh, well, hmm. You know, okay. All right, all right, hold up, hold up. EA is trash, absolutely. 
I am curious to see what they do with Anthem. And if oh. they talk about it at E3. I don't know. It feels like they're disowning it. Well, <laughs> at least Bioware. Yeah, they, they definitely are. I don't think it's wise for them to do that, though. Because Anthem is good. It's just not... It's, it's undercooked. But... Or does it have potential? It... It actually is good. It's just it's just underdone, man. Like if they added like just a couple more things and kind of fix some stuff, man, Anthem would be the destiny that we've all been looking for. Because mm-hmm. Destiny ain't the destiny that they promised or the one we're looking for. Anthem is the closest thing to that. And I, it's, yeah. it's come I mean, from somebody who played it. And I usually hate <sighs> stuff. I, I, I'm usually the one to hate on stuff. So it's like... I only say it because, man, there, there's something there. But it's totally up to them if they tap into it or not. If they don't, then it's just like, ah, could have been. Which I I doubt they do. I'm hoping they'd surprise me and surprise everybody else and actually do a little something-something with it because it definitely has potential. Um, another, sh- another game that we'll probably see that isn't, like, sports-related, you know, FIFA, Madden. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Jedi The Last Order... Star Wars Jedi The Last Order. Okay. It's yeah. by And um Well at least, you know, they're 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 publishing it. Right. Very, um and this comes in a in a environment where EA says that single player games can't exist. So <laughs> <laughs> heavy story driven games? What? No, they can't make money. Right. <laughs> now, I mean as long as it doesn't pull like a shadow of Mordor in mm put boxes into a single player game to stump progression and they may have something there people are clamoring for a good star wars game yeah you know well i mean so okay interesting thing in them thinking that they can't make money off of a single player game they're actually right well they can't make the money that they want to make exactly and that's exactly yeah that, that's it because they can't what they're trying to do with games right now is they're trying to put out a game and then keep collecting money on that game over time so like basically you put out a game and the game actually generates you passive income that you don't have to do anything with that well they want they want them all to do that because technically speak from a business standpoint that is the most efficient thing to do now from the way they go about doing it is really really lazy and their customers aren't happy with it (laughs) scummy and just unethical and- yeah they, they they give it a bad rap and go about it the wrong way man keep your business out of my heart <laughs> simple as that oh but man i can't think of much for me other than that under those two things though right um so i, I really think that it's gonna be a quiet thing who knows maybe we'll see a need for speed game and Ooh, well mm, i'm mostly kinda- looking for like a more of a burnout kind of game. There's been series? actually been some burnout games. Like they haven't been, you know, huge AAA titles, but they've mm-hmm. been more modest things. Yeah. Um, I'm looking for like a burnout revenge because I, I mean, I love the crap out of the game. It was so much fun. It's like a spiritual successor. Yeah. They made a couple. It was like Burnout Paradise and like all that stuff. 
Spear. But I feel like... I feel like I would be happy if they released it, but I don't know if I would be playing it because couch co-op is kind of dead. Well, we have online. Yeah. <sighs> That's not the same, man. I, I know. I mean, we're it, never going to have like, this side by side. Yeah, man. It just got... Online is like... I mean, it's cool. It's whatever, but... In comparison, um, online just doesn't even compare. <laughs> like, it's been... When did, uh, I think the last Need for Speed game was Payback. Okay. And that came out, what, maybe 2016? Hmm. So it's been like three years. <laughs> it's our last Need for Speed game. So who knows? Maybe they're working on something under the hood, you know? Yeah, maybe we'll get a cool racing game. We'll see. I mean, the, the days of, uh, Underground? Oh, that's all I want. Yeah. I, I want that to come back. <laughs> well, who's on who's on Sunday then? We, then we got Microsoft's on Sunday, so that's probably where the most of the, the media stuff's probably gonna okay. come out. Um, we're gonna see Gears Five. Right, right. Halo. Oh. Um. We're gonna see cloud, cloud storage. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna see whatever this streaming, whatever they're they're, they're cooking up. You think we're actually gonna get a console announcement? Um, an announcement. Oh man, that is hard. Like I think we're gonna get an announcement, but I don't know if they're going to like give it a name and everything drop the name and all that stuff they'll probably drop a name maybe if they do i think the thing people are going to care about mostly is what that price looking like <laughs> basically you're saying a full-blown reveal though so you think they're going to do all that oh they were going to get a price i mean if they don't give a price then i don't think anybody's really going to care because we already know it's like like we know what's going to happen right it's just like we're just we're buying our time we're waiting just for when they actually want to just drop that bomb yeah i don't know i mean like yes the new generation is here yeah you know i feel like uh, everybody's just going to be like super super quiet this e3 i feel like I mean, just not a lot is going to happen because everybody's trying to keep everything under wraps it seems what do you think they're going to be waiting for i mean if if they're not doing it here, then then this definitely gonna happen next year. But then, will the consoles come out next year as well? Oh yeah, definitely. You don't think they'll wait a year? No, I mean, they have to come out next year. They don't have a choice. I guess I'm thinking like, have they usually announced it in the? Because we usually have had like a, they've announced the system or whatever, and then the, the year after that, that's when we get the the price tag and release date and all that stuff. Well. It, it, it depends on like because I mean hmm there are advantages and disadvantages to telling everybody early the advantage is that you're the first to do it meaning now everybody else has to finagle and scramble because you set the tone but, but it, I'm not sure if it's like 
surprising people because in the past it's like when 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 they re- when they did the announcements for Xbox One and PS4, mm-hmm. they both did at the same time. Right. Now we both they, they like okay, this is our console, and then Sony came right back. Well, this is our console. Mm-hmm. So it's like I don't really think they're surprising anybody. But what makes this this E3 so different is that everyone's doing something a bit different, and Nintendo is definitely not releasing a console because yes. they already did there. Right. So you have. Sony throwing in a wrench into things by not, not even showing up to this E3 at, at all. Right. And they're being more traditional with their console. X and Microsoft being weird and saying like, well, we're, we may not actually be doing a traditional console. We don't know. We we really don't know what they're going to do. They, they could do a traditional console, but then also release one that doesn't have a disc-based system with it. You well, know, they, they could do they, two they options. Even... They I don't think they're going to go full streaming, but they could. Anything. Well, we talked about this before. Like, they won't do it this console generation, but they will definitely do it the next one. Like, this, the next, like, this one coming up might have some discs. Well, they probably will still have discs, but the one after after it will definitely not. Discs will be gone. They'll stop existing because there's no point in even keeping them around. It's just—it's not—it's—it's—it's it's, it's not smart business-wise, and it's not even good for players. Whoa, 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 whoa. What do you mean it's not good for players? It's not. It's really what not. Well, because so those, for one, you have to. So you have to go out, go get the disc, and then you have. All these nine million games you had that if you just scroll through all of them in a little library online, it'd be they're so much more accessible. I don't see you know, the issue. What do you mean? I honestly don't. I, I think that's just a, in. I think that's just two different types of. That just sounds like a PC PC mentality and a game, and a console mentality coming together. You know, two different preferences. Well, okay, okay. Answer me this then. Do you miss the old days of where games release like three discs? Okay, <laughs> okay. Kind of do. If you say I, yes, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be really shocked if you say that. If you say yes to that. Yeah. Why? I miss, I miss opening up Final Fantasy VIII and having. Oh, I got a game. I got four discs on my plate. All right. Oh my god. Now, what do you do if one of those discs breaks? Then you're screwed. <laughs> Your whole gaming experience is ruined. I've broken the disc, but you can say that about anything. Oh crap! I dropped my phone in the toilet. Now I gotta go get a whole new damn phone. I, I mean, that's anything tangible. Well, right. But I mean, like, if the game is on the disc. There's the, your likelihood of like, so it's not good for the company that you support by buying the game because they have to put their game on all these discs and it's expensive to do that. I mean, you say it's expensive, but I mean, I don't know how how much of a hit that actually is because like they're buying all that product in bulk. You know, it's something that they've already adjusted for anyway in their in their figures. But okay, if you say so. I mean, that still doesn't take away from it being expensive. It's, it's still expensive. I mean, 
expense, but like how much that expense is, I don't feel like we actually know. Oh, did you want to pay for that? Because, <laughs> I mean, we have to make, we have to get all these cases. We have to print out box art for every single one of them and create box art for every single one of them. We have to get the disc, burn our box art image or wherever we want onto the, onto the disc itself. Then we have to put the data on the disc. Then we have to put all that together, seal it, and ship it out to every single store in the United States. It's like, that's a lot to do. Like, that's, that's expensive. It, it is a very, very expensive process. Expensive, but like, it's something that they've been doing for for years. That so doesn't it's like, mean it's good. <laughs> if it was so expensive, then how did companies survive to begin with? Well, I mean, so that a lot of these companies were started by people investing that already had millions of dollars to blow to do that but let's say for instance if i want to make a video game and i make it on disc i would be an idiot if i, if I did that i'd be a complete idiot because it's just you exactly <laughs> i mean like these are these are giant multi-billion dollar companies well but that's not the full body of the gaming community anymore there are indie developers that don't have the licensing and all this money to have you know all their games available in Amazon warehouses across across the world now because you can't even do the United States anymore. You have to be worldwide with your games. It's expensive, dog. I mean, it's expensive on like definitely a smaller level for like the the indies. Yeah, but that's kind of what makes them indies. They're independent. They're they're that's their scope. So they should struggle because of. Something that's just gonna stick in the wheelhouse. Like, yeah, they're they're gonna do. They're gonna put their stuff online. It's just smarter to do. And now the companies are noticing that. They're noticing the same thing. It's just, it's just smarter. It's just a better way to do business. I mean, yeah, those definitely they can save money. But I'm saying it's not like it's such. It's not such a. It's not such a savings to where it's like, oh, we just need to just go. Yeah just nuke the whole format of everything of how we used to deal with things and produce things because I feel like it was never a huge hit to begin with. It's a super huge savings. Because <laughs> if your game, so like let's say you spent $50 million on making this game, on just making it. It's just like, and if everybody says your game is trash and you shipped it out to every single store and then they have to ship it back to you because it's like uh sorry we can't stock this anymore well they're not gonna ship it out they're not gonna ship it back to you it's just gonna get discounted or whatever well whatever w whatever happened whatever they decide to do it because it's up to it's actually up to the retailer because they can ship it back and be like you know we're not selling it they can do that but <clears throat> To have all that and you do all this marketing and you do all this to get your game and get the physical copy and all that kind of stuff, it's even hard to like handle um, refunds that way. Refunds with digital content are is so much easier. Like if you buy a game and it's trash and you buy it on disc, it's, it's to, you're kind of at the mercy of whatever store you bought it from. 
you're thinking from a Steam perspective. Yeah, Steam no, is Steam, crazy accessible. PS4, as PlayStation Four, Xbox Online, like these. Those are all the the freaking um. Hell, you can buy games off of Discord now. So it's just like, I mean, like returning a game on Steam. Oh yeah, that's so easy to do. Yeah, you can do this, the the ease of accessibility with with um. PlayStation and Microsoft is not the same thing, or even Nintendo. It's not the same thing if you want to like, oh, I'm not feeling this game, let me return it. No, you're stuck with that game. You, you played it for a little bit, you're not getting a refund back on that. Mm-hmm. You'll get like a one-time refund and like, oh, I bought this by accident. Mm-hmm. Uh, can I can I get a refund on this download? And they'll take it away. And they, they'll take away the license. Yeah, but as long as you did not put any playtime on this game itself, if you put any amount of game playtime you'll get like one freebie for a return but after that you're stuck with it homie well they're all moving towards that kind of online business anyways all of them they you mean for steam they have to oh, i and don't they, know they, they it's, will it's to just keep it in the ether and make you rebuy games multiple times i mean nintendo already does that I mean, that's just because I honestly think that's because Nintendo is just with that kind of stuff. They've always been behind with that kind of stuff. Always. It's behind or is just them maximizing their profit and just knowing the value in their IPs? No, it's behind, bro. <laughs> and I get to knowing the value of their IPs. And, but no, it's 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 be just being behind and being stubborn. Decisions would look at it as being behind. I think this is like, hey. Sucks for you. You 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 well, you may. You it's it it's the fun. same. Sony, PlayStation, Nintendo, same thing. The, it's the it's the older Japanese businessman. It's the same. It's basically they're basically the same thing because they do oh, business I'm, very similarly. PlayStation because like that was the first thing that came to my head, but I can easily spot that out from Microsoft as well. Oh, I don't know, dog. I don't I don't know about that one. Mm, and like. If anything happened to your console, mm-hmm. you like I've already had my PlayStation go through multiple like aneurysms or whatever. Right. All my digital stuff, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I'm screwed. All your digital stuff will be fine if your console if you drop it in the toilet. Mm-hmm. Like if you drop your PlayStation in the toilet and you lose it, all your digital games are fine. But if you have Kingdom Hearts 3 sitting in your PlayStation when you drop it in the toilet, your Kingdom Hearts 3 is also jacked up with your PlayStation. <laughs> yeah, a little water won't hurt the disc. Oh, I don't know about that one, bro. I don't know about that one, but it's it's just so it's just so much better for consumers, man. It's so much better. And I, I think I think the pluses, like the reasons to get rid of physical discs, like outweigh the reasons to keep physical discs by like a large margin like the thing with physical discs is that is that you own that no you don't no do no you don't that disc Mm-mm. they lock those discs they're doing that now with more digital content it's the same the- <laughs> no it's not yeah so the the, the data on that disc Unless you hack it, you can't get it. Does that make does that make sense? Like you can't you can't get the data on that disc. That's like as long as 
something console to, pl to play it, you can you can play the disc. Right, but they only allow you to use it on their platform. That's what I'm saying. So it's it's just as locked down as Box digital. There's no force you're gonna play it on the PlayStation. Well, what I'm saying is that it's still like you don't actually own it. You just own the rights to play it. But you it. have even less stake in a digital copy than you do a physical copy. What do you even need more stake for? For as what? Far as, like what you can do with that? You can you can sell that game if you want to. You can use that game on a different console if you want to. With a digital with a digital um, copy, that's it. It's only tied to that system. I mean, and sell it to who and for how much? Not much. It's up to you. You can do whatever you want with it. Not much, just because like, like just because you buy a title and it was worth something at some point, and now you're done with it, doesn't mean you're gonna make that money back. It doesn't mean that at all. I mean, that, but that's that's your choice. That's up to you to do. You can't do that at all with a digital copy. That's it. You you can't even resell that. Well then, so what about the aspect of like if you're if you were if you have a family, you got a wife, kids, all that kind of stuff. You don't got time. You don't necessarily. There's a lot of people that don't necessarily even have time to be sitting at Walmart and dealing with the dude at the front counter and then go buying games. They, it's it's just so much more convenient to just download. But it, just convenient. Are we gonna just lose? I guess our our freedom to do whatever we want with our products just for a little convenience i mean are we just gonna do we're just gonna go go straight wally with this and just let this didn't just be controlled like yeah just feed us our our media feed us our content i mean people do that already anyways they buy right. games that are shitty so like <laughs> they're already like that anyways they might as well make it convenient behavior what's up why should we be enabling the behavior I don't think just avoiding digital copies and just going disc even like, I, I don't even see why this is not even that big a deal. Like I, 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 it, it genuinely, it confuses me a little bit. Maybe because it's like, there's, they, they, they can't, maybe newer disc now is just because there's so much data that they're actually withholding from us. Not all of it's on the disc anymore. They can't even but, put the whole game on the disc. <laughs> That's another thing. The disc, they've maximized the efficiency of the disc. So it's just like, now they really make discs at a loss. The disc can't even hold the whole game. <laughs> I guess my, my thing is, it's like, it's all about licensing. In that, if someone says like, look, I don't want to give you the rights to have this music in this game anymore you need to take it off your your site you got to stop selling it mm -hmm. they are contractually legally binded to that and they have to remove the game mm -hmm. we've seen that recently with um i think it was lego lord of the rings there was like some legal things that they, they that they lost the rights to and they couldn't sell it on steam anymore so they removed it from steam and other other platforms and other marketplaces okay and now you can play that game but you have if you have the disc you can you can play it you can you can still do what, what you want with it because it's yours that's your copy but digital stuff you can't buy it and you you can't do anything else like with it 
I mean, I don't know if anybody was really screaming about Lego Lord of the Rings, bro. I don't know. The potential of that even happening is what's scary. The potential that I don't even that think that's be- even a scary thing. Well, how could you how could you say that's not scary? That they can just lock out a game and then you can't have, have no access to it at all anymore. That they have that much control. Well, I mean, like, video games aren't even, like, that big of a deal. You know what I'm saying? It's not like they're... Because when, when, when I think of, like, having control and all that kind of stuff, I mean, like, if I just choose today to never play a video game again and for the rest of my life, it's like, okay... Like life, you know what I'm saying? Like life is kind of gonna go on. Like it's not. Yeah, you if you really want to get down to it, then yeah, none of this even matters. And then we can just like, what's even the point of having a conversation? But these are hobbies and things that we are interested in. And doesn't mean that we can't, you know, want things to, you know, do well or stay, I guess, authentic. Or, and that may not even be the right word. Um,. But I guess my thing, that's like, that's your time. That's your hard on money. I feel like you should be, you should care a little bit if you're going to invest your time and money into something. Well, it's not, it's not, I'm not saying I don't, I wouldn't, I don't care. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that like, to say that you lose control over it. I just think that examples of that are just so few and and far in between to where i don't even think it's even like because we're in the infancies of it now we didn't have things like that couldn't be possible before with a disc based format well even produce even with the disc they can still delete stuff off your game because all games are internet based regardless so it it doesn't even matter (laughs) it's like just because you buy the physical copy today doesn't even mean you said what online you mean online data and stuff like that yeah so like if you buy your disc and and the game is broken and they have to patch it then it's just like Mm -hmm. your game is still connected to the internet like in modern games you're still connected to the internet regardless with some games we said what offline with games you can play offline with games no like if it's like a call of duty or something where like you have to also be dr you know whatever the term always always online yeah and why do you think people are always are, are always pissed off about that stuff not everyone has internet to that they can just readily be available to them and and that's true but i mean i feel like so once that's fixed then what once everybody has internet then what happens like is everybody gonna be still like oh man i need my games digital like or i need my games physical still i don't think anybody's gonna be asking for that we're not there yet we're not that far from because the only reason we're not there is just because america's retarded every other country has that already on a lot like a lot of countries already like they have our internet speed way faster than ours and they don't even this isn't even a conversation they even have they're not even worried about these things but like just because other countries are doing it doesn't doesn't change the reality that this is what we the other things that people have to deal with here not for long are you so sure yeah because it's the same thing with it's this so it's the same thing with why people prefer consoles over pcs and most of them always say pcs are too expensive 
Well, now we're at a point to where consoles ain't gonna be $399, $499 no more. That ain't possible. So now it's just like, it's the same kind of example where it's like, okay, now everybody's got internet. So what now? Is there another reason to just keep discs around? Like, well, I mean, at, at that point, if we, which I don't even think that's going to be even like 10 years from now. I mean, I think we're talking like 20 years from now, if everyone has internet readily available or even rural places, yeah, we'll be fine. I mean, that's such so long term is but I don't I don't see. I don't even think to... that's that that long term. I'm not. Mm, I don't I don't know if that's that long, that far away. I don't know about because that I, one. it's our own. We could probably get there much sooner if it wasn't for companies stunting progression as far as how accessible they're making the internet. Well, everybody has, like, everybody has a smartphone, and all of their smartphones have internet. So that's, so you know, and then people do online gaming on their phones all the time. So like, that's like that. That's, that confuses me. Is that what? That's towers versus Wi-Fi. Internet is internet, dog. It's it's just, it's just what's the what's the difference? I guess it's because it's, it's how the device accesses it. Because the 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 example that they bring up is oh, internet is not accessible. If internet isn't accessible, then why is mobile gaming the biggest form of gaming in like the whole world? Even in the United has, States too. Everyone has a phone. So everybody has access to the internet. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like this whole internet isn't accessible thing. Like I don't think that it, it's as big of a deal as people are actually making it out to be. The difference is, is that the access to, cause like not everyone has access to the, the cell towers, you know, yeah, that's not, that's not, not, that's not the internet that you're accessing um, from a provider. T-Mobile's not letting um, you connect your PlayStation up to their cell tower. No, they're reserving that internet for the phone. Right. There, there's a difference between cellular towers and uh, I guess the, 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 the consumer Wi-Fi that people can use. Right. Those, those are two different things. Well, then they need to like say it the correct way. Cause when they, when these articles put out, oh, well the reason why they need to keep this is because everybody doesn't have access to the internet. Then what are they talking about? Because like, I see people that are literally homeless on the street, but they got a phone and they're on watching a YouTube video. <laughs> like I literally see that all the time. Like it'll be a homeless guy sitting on the side of the road, looking at his phone. He's watching a YouTube video, and I'm like, "Oh, this guy barely has like ten cents to his name, and he's on the internet." And I'm in a really, 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 really small town, not even in a city. So it's just like, no, they have internet is, access. I guess what would the proper term be? I guess a network connection well then how is it that so wouldn't mobile have this problem then to an extent yeah as far as like how strong those signals are because you, you have dead zones everywhere too but in certain places but i've never heard of the mobile community having a problem with making money because of limited internet access 
and that's all digital all of it there is no physical copy of a mobile game well i think that comes down to as far as just the size of mobile compared to console is just so it's such a larger disparity (sighs) but it's still gaming it still counts like it's still like i'm pretty sure there's going to be some mobile games at e3 probably so like it, it, it it's like people like to separate them but they're they're they are one and the same it is still games it is still video games but i mean true but do you have any stake in that do i have mobile games on my phone hmm? is that is that what you're asking me oh i mean like is that like something that like i guess you care about to pay to pay attention to or whatever like is that something that like i guess affects you on your day-to-day as far as as far as what what do you mean it's mobile gaming i mean yeah i know mobile gaming exists doesn't mean i I mess with it right i mean i have no state personally as far as phones are concerned uh i don't know i'm very weird when it comes to that i feel like phones shouldn't even be used for video games just because like phones should be used for more business oriented type stuff or like you know like checking emails like uh getting in contact with people i feel i kind of am against the whole thing of phones as a form of entertainment uh but that's my own like personal thing granted you know the world looks at it differently everybody uses phones as like a entertainment thing which is that's totally fine but it's just there's there's phone gaming and they have no problem with that and it's, and it's all digital so i'm saying it's like they i feel like we already have a proof of concept and the proof of concept far exceeds these things that we kind of grew up on that we had known to be dominating the gaming industry but now they're actually like uh i hate to say it but in a way if it, from from the way it looks like on charts, they look like they're dying in comparison to mobile, which is sad to say. But well, because they're they're, they're two different two, two different demographics. They're not though. I mean, there's some overlap, but for the most part, I mean, they're the same demographic. It's still video games. Demographic as far as like the, the, the gamers who are playing. That's what I mean. I think they're, they're 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 actually the same, because the way these co- the companies they dict the companies and the people that do statistics on this stuff and the analysts they decide whether it's you know it's its own demographic or not, but they're they're saying it's in the same demographic because it, and and they're right it actually they're all the same. Granted, us looking at it from a traditional sense, we would think like. Well, no, it's not, but they're both video games. It's, it's... Well, that's because they, they're they looking at it from, I'm not sure, what would you consider? Outside looking in, mm-hmm. just a, a large landscape, like these are games, yes, that's right. what they are. So right. that means they're the same thing. But we know that they're not on the macro level, they're not like that. We, we know the distinctions between them and we know the distinctions between the people playing them. Yeah, people, you know, 
little Susie drinking her Starbucks playing Candy Trust is different from Zach over playing, you know, playing Destiny on, you know, on, on his spare time? Well, I, they're, they're not different, bro. They're, they're, they're really not. I mean, they're playing on different platforms to access the content, but as far as like what it is, it, they're both video games and they're both considered gamers. Then, okay, then, then why does it matter if Square changes a direction in appealing to quote unquote casuals? Uh-huh. Well, then there should be no casuals. Everyone should just be a gamer. Mm, I think that in that aspect is is different as far as like the the player base. I'm looking at more so from like there are two different player bases, two different types of people playing these certain types of games. They're not the same. Well, they're just because you play PC. Destiny, are you, I mean, if you play Destiny, are you just not a casual? And because you play Clash of Clans, are you a casual? I don't think so. Well, okay. Now, there's a couple problems with that because Clash of Clans is like super, super, super competitive. And there are people that play Clash of Clans that would look at some Destiny players and be like, y'all are some fucking casuals. <laughs> Well, then where do you make the distinction? Then we need to make a distinction between mobile gaming and just console gaming or PC gaming, whatever you want to call it. Well, they're, all of them are gaming. They're just, they're just gaming. So it's just like E3 is a, E3 is a gaming convention. So that's any between a casual, quote unquote, casual gamer in 14 and uh-huh. distinguishing a player base. Cause at the end of the day, they're just all gamers. Everyone's just a gamer then. That's true. I mean, yeah, if you want to look at it like that, that's true. But what I'm saying is that, like, the, the, my whole thing with even bringing up mobile is the fact that, like, I don't think the lack... People saying when they say that there's a lack of internet accessibility, I think they're lying and they're full of it because that's not true. There are two different types of internet. There's two different types of entities controlling well no i i understand that like i i i get it i i know that there's a difference but the way they're saying it it pushes forth this whole belief that there's a huge 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 ginormous population of people in the united states that have zero internet access at all because of where they live but that is incorrect. They may have, they may not be able to access like Spectrum or, or, or uh, fucking Xfinity or whatever. Sure, maybe. Or maybe they may even have slower speeds. But they need to say it correctly. Don't say they don't have internet access because that's not true. It may not be true, but it's the easiest way to, I guess, deliver the information. And it's, it's, it's wrong. It's false. <laughs> it's like you saying, like, you're controlling the internet for that. You know, unfortunately, you know, Verizon is totally different from AT&T, mm-hmm. you know? Right. As far 
how they are distributing if, and it's just the whole problem with our internet infrastructure to begin with right you know and how it how it's separated and how it's <laughs> yeah it, it's just a whole freaking hot mess yeah well I know we're not gonna see eye to eye on it bro I, I know and, and you still my boy I know you like this and you know I like digital <laughs> This is the first time. Uh, I will say this is the first time that we've we've probably gotten that deep into it. Yeah, I, I know. We've, we've talked about this. <laughs> 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 oh man! I mean, all right, all right. I'll, t- I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what about this. <laughs> I say that. Okay, okay, check me out. Check me out with this. Check me out. All right, all right. So huh? there is a way that there is a way to keep the physical disc around. But I think the only means of doing that is relying on digital but not through the companies. And, I, and the example I think of is emulators. And so well, well emulation thing well well i mean not emulation in the fact of like downloading the emulator i mean there's a lot of emulator websites where you can actually go back download these games and i've seen people actually put the data onto like cartridges now this goes into gaming preservation yeah now a lot of that is going away no 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 oh yeah 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 yes no way, no way. Yeah, have you not seen what Nintendo's been doing? Okay, okay, how so? How, how, how so? They are literally purging these sites, these emulation sites, mm-hmm. targeting them and, re- and basically putting up cease and desist orders to remove the content. And this all stems from you know game preservation keeping even if it's not just to sell but just the fact that you can keep the data preserved mm-hmm. you know or even like historical purposes yeah but nintendo is going around sending out orders and in, in destroying these rom emulation types to get rid of their super nintendo games the, you know their old retro games their game boy games all of that all mm-hmm. of that stuff just so that no one else has um, has access to their to their IPs to their content, right? And they can have complete control on how they distribute it. What they have every right to, so to do so because it it is their their properties. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying that they are cracked down on in enforcing you know making sure those type of sites don't sprout up well so interesting thing about that is the reason i feel like nintendo won't be able to do it is because i remember looking at this shortly after breath of the wild came out people were playing it on their computers and like it was fully playable and now they've even gotten to the point to where they have 
I, I'm, I'm not, I haven't checked on it recently, but from what I recall, people had like working Xbox 360 and PS3 emulators. Mm-hmm. Which, before, back in the day, the reason why it wasn't possible was because most people don't care. At the time, they didn't care. But and that everyone that emulation community is, is getting really, really massive. And the whole market for like, uh, I'm not sure if you heard of, you heard of Raspberry Pis? Yeah, the whole market for Raspberry Pis is emulation. So it's like, I think that although Nintendo may try, but I don't think Nintendo can control the internet because uh, they're just not bigger than the internet. They're just not. So it's just like they know about them, and I guess they they've been coming out a little bit harder than they ever have before. Yeah. Well, like I think it's just efforts that's just that are just wasted. I mean, it, they can't stop it. I mean, it doesn't mean they're not gonna try. I mean, they'll try, but they won't succeed. They, they won't even come close. It's impossible. There's just too many people on Earth. <laughs> there's just it's too many people that just like... Because then there's a, you got the people that like... Just do it just to kind of revitalize their old games. And then there's the people that are like bored at their job. And they're a coder. And they just say, you know what? I don't like the way Nintendo's doing this. So I'm going to make it to where... I can just get all their games. And I don't want to make a site. And they just do it. And then they can't even... Because I'm looking at muparadise.com and I'm on it right now. I could probably download Ocarina of Time right now. And it wouldn't even be a big deal. Because hell, they have emulators now that are browser-based. Where you don't even have to download the emulator. You just play, you can just play Ocarina of Time right on your internet browser. So it's just like... I don't know. Maybe not Emu Paradise. I think they got this one. I do remember it not working back in the day. Or, I'm pretty sure the one that they came after. That was like one of the big ones. I think so, yeah. But yeah. Like, um, it, it's there, but like I don't think you can really download anything. Yeah, I think I... Let me see. Let me go to, I'll go to the thingy where... Let me see. Ocarina of Time. Uh, browser. This it. Yep, this is it. Yeah. Yeah, if you go to well for anybody listening and Mr. Keta, if you go to retrogames.cz then you can play Ocarina of Time right now. <laughs> right through your browser. So it's just I think I think people are gonna keep them alive, man. But I, I think yeah, definitely people are gonna try. I think they and, need the digital copies to do that, though. Hmm. I, I think they need the digital data to do that, though. If that makes sense. Because just because companies decide to get rid of discs, that doesn't necessarily mean that the data isn't accessible and you can't. People won't rip it and then take away that take back that um that freedom i guess no um 
Sorry, I was like looking. Just oh, no, you're good, you're good. Yeah, yeah, this game is unavailable. On the uh, Emmy Paradise? I just like click something random. I just like Resident Evil 2. Mm -hmm. I like trying to see like what links they had. And like I clicked on the link, the direct, direct download link, mm -hmm. and it came back up empty. Mm. So I mean, like, like you know, the site's there, they, but like the information mm -hmm. in the back end has been like, removed. Yeah. You know, like the actual sources and stuff. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I mean, that's not going to stop people. No. You yeah. Know? I mean, I mean, people are still going to try and. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a sense of this cycle. Yeah, I think companies are going to, they're just going to do it. And, but as far as like not being able to play your games on a disc or have that accessibility and that freedom with them, I don't think that that is even possible to be taken away, at least yet. <laughs> now, if they come up with some super crazy way to do that, then... It is just kind of Ripperino, but I, I, I doubt they go that far. I mean, I, I doubt it. It, it it's, a, it's a scary thing to think about because people bring up the conversation always leads, goes back to gaming companies aren't even responsible with their information, with their with their with their properties. Mm -hmm. It's infamous that Square in the community right now, people are like wondering, like, why won't they just, you know, re-release Final Fantasy VIII? You know, why won't they remake that game and put it, you know, re-release it? They can't because they don't have the data for it. They mm -hmm. they literally do not have the original information, the original source code for Final Fantasy VIII anymore. Mm -hmm. It's gone and deleted. It's It doesn't exist. Mm. The only reason they were able to do the Steam version because it, it was like, um, it was a, a port of the PC version, if I remember correctly. Okay. And so they've, and actually, the only reason that the game exists on the PlayStation Network is because they're actually running an emulator, mm. like what you said before. Right. So they are actually using the technology that people are, the community has been using for years on PCs to run their game because they don't actually have the actual source files. Mm hmm because of their negligence mm. and the only reason that even seven is not fully intact either but they had to take, take, take the pc version again which was an incomplete version of the of the original copy and re-engineer it so they could have it again for other console ports mm -hmm. and so the whole conversation around Nintendo, you know, putting off cease and desist orders on on emulations and ROMs and stuff is like, how can we even trust you guys to be responsible with your with the content? You know? Well, so this whole thing is interesting because there was something like this in the PC community at one time with uh, pirated games. Yeah. And um, back then companies started trying to crack down really really hard on pirated games and it was the whole reason behind like why a lot of companies wouldn't even put their games on pc they would just leave it on console but after about 
I think it was like two or three years, these companies started realizing that when they stopped like taking down all the pirated games and stuff like that, they actually made more money. Because essentially what it allows them to do is that like, what's up? game there's a way of like having like a makeshift de demo exactly so yeah people would test it out and then they would actually eventually buy it because they didn't want to play the cracked version of it anymore so it was like i feel like this whole thing will eventually like lead into that where nintendo will probably realize like oh well if i if we stop doing cease and desist orders on I don't know, Breath of the Wild or whatever. We're like, oh, our Breath of the Wild sales actually shot up out of nowhere, even though this game's like 20 years old. So it's like, I just don't think that they're going to find that out yet because the console community, well, the console companies aren't like, they haven't experienced that yet, if that makes sense. Mm. And they, don't, they only experience it through emulators. I'm not... Hmm... Like they have, I don't think that they're there yet because as far as like a lot of stuff they deal with is stuff that some of it is stuff I've seen in the PC community and seen it handled already. Some of it. Definitely the whole uh, pirated games thing because that's really what they're trying to fight. Like they feel like whenever you play their game for free, they feel like it's pirated, you know? Which I, I mean, mean, they're not profit off it. Yeah. Off, off so, I mean, technically, yeah. Yeah. Now, the only part of it that I don't agree with is whenever you were to, like, I don't know, let's say you get a. You get the data for Final Fantasy VI or whatever. And then you throw it in the disc or the cartridge or whatever it came in. And you say, all right, now I'm going to sell this online for 10 bucks a pop. And it's just like. Okay, that's kind of jack. I think season disorder, the season disorder should go on that. Like that's kind of jack. <laughs> but I mean, you really don't. I mean, you rarely don't see that at all. Yeah. You, you don't see that because they like, people know that they can get it for free if they really wanted to. Exactly. So, I mean, I, I think this is just Nintendo with season disorder. I think that's just them just just not really understanding that kind of stuff just yet. But it's not like it's on like for so much newer stuff mm -hmm. because I think like it's a little bit harder to, to pirate the newer stuff. It's mostly like the older games that they're doing this to, right? The retro games, and the only reason that people are doing it because they don't have access to the games on through Nintendo's means, you know? Yeah, there's no there's no uh, means of playing. Yeah, yeah. So they have to resort to these methods, but. Nintendo won't supply a demand that people have. Mm -hmm. So it drives them away to do these other things, but they, they don't give them an outlet to make up for it. It's like, okay, look, we don't want you doing emulation, but here's a virtual console. Yeah. They're not doing that. They had a virtual console on the Wii and the Wii U, but how they look at it, it's like it takes away, it's very closed minded and it probably has no relation, but they say, okay. We don't want you playing those old games because it's taken away from you playing our new games. Mm -hmm. So it's more in our 
it's more advantageous for us to remove those old games that we don't want you to play and divert your attention to the new stuff. That's where we want you to spend your time and money. Hmm. Even though they're going to do both anyway. They're going to buy your new stuff and play your old stuff. Hmm. You know? It's a, it's, a, it's a worry that they don't have that they don't have to worry about. And also, you also have like the Nintendo Classic. You know? That was basically birthed because of you know emulation and piracy of their old retro properties right you know and what was the other one? Oh yeah the the end yeah the, the super nintendo and the um then the, the original console and like now we even have like playstation getting on in the mix mm-hmm. but people have even re- reverse engineered the super nintendo classic and like they're using roms anyway yeah so it's just that you know, they they want to have control of the properties you know that's, that's basically what it comes down to well i mean from their pers- from the perspective of like the company it's kind of like let's say for instance that you have a actually it's, it's probably the same with like youtube videos so it's like if you have a youtube video right and then you make it and then youtube notices oh your video is amazing we're gonna use it and we're not gonna pay you a dime mm-hmm. it's like Oh, well, crap, man. That's kind of jacked. <laughs> like, I mean, but they're like, well, you technically made the game for us because you put it on our platform. So it's like, sorry, dog. And I, so I, I guess in that regard, I kind of see where, where the companies are coming from with doing that. But I think they're looking at it from the short run rather than the long run because, like, Granted, if, if let's say for instance, if YouTube jacked one of my videos and they put it on there, like some big thing or whatever, and they made millions of dollars off of it, in the short run I'd be pissed, but in the long run I'd probably be pretty happy because like I would indirectly just get super super famous <laughs> because of it, and it's, it's the same thing that with with when people pirate these games, it's like these games get even because i remember i played the i got the pirated version of the witcher 3 and then as soon as i got enough money i bought the witcher 3 <laughs> so it's just like i, I think what are the, i mean there's there's tons of games i pirated before but i always ended up buying them because i was like man this game is so much fun i wish i could play it because the pirating thing was i had to jump through so many hoops or whatever and all that kind of stuff it all comes down to accessibility at the end of the day is yeah. why what drives people that's where the whole thing with like the anime community had to deal with yeah in all the pirate pirated sites yeah. the only reason that there were so many pirate sites because there was not an easy way to access the content yeah once sites like country roll funimation verve became more abundant mm-hmm. okay well then you start less pirated sites you know not to say that they don't exist but also the companies also have the means to take them down as well yeah but people aren't as um, retroactive to go out look for them because they, they have control, pay six bucks a month or whatever, or five bucks a month. Yeah. You call it a day. You know, it's just way more convenient. Well, part of me, sometimes, like, this is, <laughs> this is a little weird how my take on it. But there are some games that I want to go back and re- replay, but I don't want to because I want to like keep the memory of how they were. Because I know that, 
Like for example, if I go and play, if I go back and replay the first Crash Bandicoot, I want to be like, man, this game is trash. <laughs> <laughs> but if I were to see my younger self playing it when I was like four, five, six years old, I was like, man, this game is amazing. I, I'm super frustrated with it, but I'm having a blast. And like, part of me wants to keep keep that memory intact and not have it change and just be completely ignorant to how I would feel about it today, if that makes sense. No, I don't know what you mean. You don't want to ruin, yeah, what that past experience. Yeah, just because if something doesn't hold up, mm-hmm. and, and, and if it doesn't. Okay, awesome. Right, and not everybody's like that. Uh, I imagine some people are, but like, that's that's kind of my whole thing with like, I I play the game for the gameplay, and then my I guess my experience with the gameplay. And I mean, if it has a great story and the story resonates with me, man, that's great too. Awesome. Um. But sometimes I like to keep the the memory intact, especially if it was like around like a pivotal time. Like I remember like I was four or five years old. I was an only child for forever. So it was just like, these are just the things I did like on the daily to pass. I played Tekken by myself. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's just like, these are things that I have really, really fond memories of. And I'm like, oh man, I don't want to go back and play Tekken 3 and be like, man, this game shit. <laughs> Uh, I'd be like, man, I was a freaking idiot for playing this for hours by myself. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I don't. Is that not, not, not the same way? Because I, I go back and play old stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, and it doesn't ruin what I, what I, my old memories or first memories with it. Mm-hmm. It just almost like enhances it. Mm-hmm. Like I, I haven't run into a game yet where it's like, wow, these controls suck. Like the game's bad, and maybe I'm just way more accepting. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's what it is. Like I just, it just makes me remember like the times I did like like playing Kingdom Hearts one. Some people say like, yeah, the controls in Kingdom Hearts one are not that tight. It's like, I don't know. I'm still fine with it. <laughs> I, I really don't don't understand. I, I I can I can I guess detach myself and like say okay, this is how this game plays or this is how this game plays. It's just it's just I just look at it in a, in a I guess in a, in a vacuum. Like this is this 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 is this game. Mm-hmm. This is how it controls, and then. I'm just adapting to the controls, right? But I'm, I'm also adapting to the new stuff as well. It's just I'm playing those way more often now. Mm-hmm. You know, so like, I'm not even sure if like controls are necessarily bad or good. You know, the further back you go, at least maybe some games, yeah, they just don't have the polish. But yeah, I feel like it's just how controllers are tuned and the sensitivities. I think it's just getting used to it again. It's almost like you playing like you 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 playing a fighting game like when you were a kid, and then you come back and try to play it years later. Mm-hmm. Like, wow, I suck. It's like, yeah, you suck because you haven't played in like ten years. Right. You know, when you were a kid, you were in you're you're remembering when you were at your peak, so to speak. You know, playing it nonstop all the day. You know, for ten hours a day or whatever. You know, and like if you put that time back in again, that rust will come off eventually, and you'll be fine. Mm-hmm doesn't mean it doesn't hold up you're just you're just rusty well maybe that just is is just a matter of like personality because like me um 
probably every moment that I'm thinking, I'm always analyzing something. Every moment that I'm awake, I'm, all, I'm always analyzing something. And then as soon as I wake up, I analyze the dream I had and I think about it. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, what did that dream mean? Okay, what happened in it? This, that, this, that, I got it. But that's just how, I'm just wired that way. That's just how I work. So I think me hiding it from myself and just like leaving the memory back where it is, it makes me not uh, rip up, not necessarily rip up the memory, but just, uh, just leave it alone. Don't even think about it. <laughs> just let it be what it is and just let it just stay where it's at. That's kind of why I don't really revisit like most times i play a game and i beat it and i'm kind of done and hell that's probably even my problem with final fantasy 14 if i beat all the raids i'm kind of like i don't know what else to do yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm. i haven't beat them all <laughs> yeah that's true yeah yeah, that, yeah. These, these huge breaks i keep taking in the game like i i, I didn't beat all the raids in alexander I didn't beat all of them in the little Delta Scape either. Like, I, I skipped a lot of them. Thank you.